We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and Abe is he's on assignment, but Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I normally discuss new movies weekly. However, every now and then we have to have these special bonus episodes, whether it's whatever fun, fun commentary track or something completely different. And this is our commentary track for June 2023, the latest installment in our superhero summer theme for the summer. Uh, we just talked about X2, X-Men United last month, and this month we are talking The Mask of Zorro from 1998, celebrating its 25th anniversary. Technically, next month will be the 25th anniversary, but hey, we got things we want to do. So, take it as it is. Take it or leave it, as Zorro would say, right? That's a, that's one of his classic catchphrases. Um, what have you said that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> joining me to discuss The Mask of Zorro, we have from Wise to Blue and hosted Brandon Peters show, Some Try to Podcast, he is succeeding. It's Brandon Peters. Hola. Also, <laughs> also joining us from Movies, Films, and Flicks and Con Air, the podcast, the very young and vigorous Mark Hoffmeyer. I'm just happy to be talking about a Martin Campbell movie. Yeah, good. There's no escape. And, There's no escape from this, y'all. Exactly. Um, also joining us from The Wrap, it isn't just one man, damn it. It's Scott Mendelson. Vamoose on Una Avenger. <laughs> How are you all doing this evening? I'm doing well. Very good. Any chance to watch this? Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. This this feels like a really healthy pick for us. Watch it. Just a fun swashbuckler. Um, and that's exactly what we're gonna do. We're going to play this movie, The Mask of Zorro. Uh, we all currently have it paused at five seconds in. So if you plan to follow along, what you need to do is put it at five seconds. Uh, it's where like the Columbia logo is like starting to form. It's in the shadows. Uh, and on, I'm going to count down from three eventually. And on the sound of go, we all press play. We're just going to talk over this movie. Uh, so yeah, if you're just listening to listen, you're good. You just sit back and enjoy what we have to say about Martin Lazy Campbell's 1998 opus. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the plan here. So you guys ready? Let's do it. All right. Three, two, one. Zorro. Okay. I want to watch The Protégé again now. <laughs> I, I didn't mind that movie. I thought we that was fun. Yeah. We're all pro-Protégé in these parts. Yeah. yeah, it's fun. Like, unironic, I earnestly like that movie a lot. There's a kitchen fight with Michael Keaton. I never thought I'd see that. Yeah. Like a, a, kitchen, a kitchen fight where they're like, where he's like flirting with Maddie, Maggie Q. Yeah. Much, like, much like this movie. A lot of flirt fighting. I feel like we we have failed <laughs> failed Maggie Q. She's a capable action lead in plenty of things, but I don't know. She's not a superstar, so... We need more intros it. like this, where like a character comes out and slashes the title onto the screen. That's the coolest fucking thing you could do. Uh, like Jason lives. Out, Jason like, lives. Jason lives. Jason lives. that. It's basically like your Bond move, right? Mm-hmm. But we need more care. We need we need like Spider Man just to walk out on frame. I guess he'd swing out and then just like whip his way into a title. Like, yeah, all right, I'm into this. Or Maggie Q and the protege comes out and does it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or some Kramer versus Kramer. I think I'll get too excited too because like, okay, now that you've now we've got your cool moment, let's have you get read this block of text oh, shit. to establish Education. context. <laughs> the dead the speak. <laughs> I didn't come here to learn. That's what I'm saying. See, if Luke Skywalker came out, old Luke Skywalker came out and just like z- z- lightsabered his way into the title. <laughs> 
Maybe Barbie will open like that. Oh, if 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 Rise of Skywalker opened if Ray lightsaber her the title out of the screen, we'd be so much more amped for Palpatine coming back. We'd be so <laughs> excited. Or Jackie uh, Chan in the Foreigner. <laughs> what about Billy Pax in Vertical Limit? I was like going to say if Chris oh, O'Donnell geez. put some put some put some carabiners into the rocks to charge the title of the movie. Hey, they kind of do that in the Bond movies. That's the starting point at that point. Oh, Martin Campbell. I'm sure others have probably, I'm sure like Hitchcock had some fun with, I'm trying to think of some movies where he had fun with like the opening titles. I wish I Ray mean, Liotta he, had that scene in Hitch, no, no Escape. Hitchcock was, I mean, his were like specific works, his yeah. opening titles and stuff. But um, I can't think of anything that was direct like that. This is a different conversation. <laughs> so, 1998's The Mask of Zorro. Uh, Opening uh, with just a frankly kick-ass prologue. Scott, mm-hmm. I'm aware that this is one of your favorite movies ever. Correct. Uh, so I want to hear, when did you first see this movie? Oh, opening night. Uh, the second trailer just made me very, very, very excited for this picture. For whatever, you know, it's a very well-constructed, mythic, primal piece of marketing that made the movie look flat-out spectacular. The reviews were relatively positive. I saw this on Friday night. I loved it with a friend of mine. And then I saw it on Saturday night with my dad the next night. Oh. Okay, so you're just all in. All in oh, there. yeah. It, I, it lived up to the hype, in my humble opinion. Going into it, was there hype? Was there beyond just like cool trailers? Was there like uh, I think there was a moderate amount of interest just because it's the first Zora movie the trailer in was tra- you know the tra- trailers were very good. Everyone liked Anthony Hopkins and they liked Antonio Banderas and everybody liked Goldeneye. And again, this was back when all a Zorro movie had to do was be good and make money. There wasn't an entire franchise and or multimedia cinematic universe at stake. Uh, the Zoroverse, though, oh, it's kicking off here. I have yeah, exactly. feel like they just didn't catch in on it soon enough. We'll get back to that. Mark, when did you first see Zoro? Well, I was a big fan of The Phantom and Catherine Zeta-Jones and you're Bob good, Anderson. You're in good company here. With Bob Anderson were in that. And so I was like really stoked for the reunion. No, but no, I was I was a huge Desperado guy. So I was really big in Antonio Banderas. And so I saw I, I just saw the trailers for this and it looked like a good old school fun film that you could go see with your dad, your brother. You know, it's like whoever, grandparents, anybody. And so, yeah, I watched it opening weekend. I love this movie. It's just, yeah, Martin, this dude knows how to make movies, clearly. Martin Campbell. I'm on a Martin Campbell kick. But no, this, um, yeah, I think I went to watch this before there's something about Mary. Probably because yeah, of CG-13. came out the same weekend. Yeah. And I, I, I think I picked Zorro on the Friday. It was a big decision, but I did it and it was worth it. So, yeah, that was the first time, 98. Brandon, how about you? Uh, I, like Scott, saw this opening night and went again that weekend, and I went again the next weekend. Um, I really enjoyed this movie quite a bit. It felt like they uh, got every like everything right. Um, uh, straight from starting with the Banderas casting and just, you know, uh, finding an exciting film to showcase Zorro. And I think a lot of people... There's a lot of, but like, we were all waiting for the Phantom Menace the next summer. And then this gave us exciting sword fighting while we're sitting there waiting for lightsaber duels the next uh, summer after that. But this was a 
like we said, swashbuckling had uh, offered all that, but it was just, I don't know. This is kind of, I, I know this is a movie that like has hit the lexicon and just legendary to everyone who walked the earth nowadays, but this, uh, you know, just felt like lightning in a bottle um, for me. It's just, everything worked. It's like an exciting movie that really moves, uh, kind of offers something for everyone. Um, um, features one of my favorite Latino actors, um, Anthony Hopkins in it as well. So good stuff. I, I will admit I was somewhat of an idiot when I first saw this picture. I never thought he was playing a Spaniard. I just thought he was playing an Englishman that was so appalled by the systemic injustice that he said, fuck this, I'm going to go be Zorro. Okay, so instead of instead of him playing against his race, you thought he you thought it was cool that you thought it was cool to have a white savior character in Mexico. That's yeah, well, the, yeah, the line toward the beginning was a white savior disguised as a Spanish savior. You're, you're, brown you're face. a traitor to your culture and your class. I always figured that meant that you know you're a rich white dude. You know, fuck you for going against us. I mean, he is Spanish. As opposed to where what well, not maybe hit the character Spanish where Banderas is specifically Mexican in the movie. Yeah. Um, what's what's you guys' first exposure to the character of Zorro? Um, the 1990s Disney TV show, the Family Channel TV show. Yeah, that's me too. Um, they also launched a Marvel Comics series I was picking up too at the time based on that show. But yeah, that was it's an oddball that I don't think many people, a lot of people probably forget existed, but that was like 90, right? For how many years? Early like 90s, 90, uh, right? I think for four seasons. Four seasons, yeah, I watched that quite i think it aired on usa as well as on the family yeah. channel aired on usa uh but that was a, yeah that was my personal first experience i liked that show a lot so that kind of built the hype for this movie for me like oh zorro is coming back you know if i saw that show i have no memory of it because i i really in, a, in it I, has I just, no stars nobody came I, out of that show uh, nobody I just had, went yeah i just have nothing from it like what i do know is that i i, I certainly i don't know if i saw the whole thing but i had seen like parts of the the mark of Zor, the Tyrone Power version, um, the from the forties. I had seen parts of that, much like I'd saw like the Adventures of Robin Hood, as far as saying like old Swashbuck, which is yeah. like nature of either TCM or my mom just putting it on at some point. Uh, so like I, I had familiarity with Zorro, mm -hmm. but specifically not from TV, or unless it was like even the older like the the fifties TV show. Maybe that also like I know Zorro is like a black and white old superhero character. Yeah, That's kinda, that was my favorite reference. You like the Fanta, uh, the sla the the Shadow. Yeah, like well, yeah. like those I knew because I like I saw those movies as they were coming out. Like I didn't mm -hmm. like I, I think I knew about the I, I've heard of the shadow because of the radio stuff, but like I didn't like know it beyond like oh that's a thing, and I didn't see those movies in theaters. Mm -hmm. I saw the Phantom Theater. I didn't see the Shadow in theaters. Um, but for this movie, I saw opening weekend. By the way, easily. I mean, there was no question. Like I, I remember the trailer specifically hyped me up so much. As far like I mean that title thing alone that we were already joking about. That was the that, trailer. Yeah, it was the trailer and. Sony wanted this movie to work, so they showed that trailer a lot. <laughs> and so I, I had seen that trailer many. I had known the beats of that trailer so often because I've seen the because I'm seeing movies all the time. Mm -hmm. Like so, I'm seeing that trailer all the time, and I'm like hearing the um, the uh, the trailer score, the that, drop zone theme, the drop zone, basically, yeah. Um, which every time i saw the pirates of the caribbean trailer it's not exactly the same but it's you got a lot of deja vu from from, oh, yeah, from it's, hearing, it's, hearing that music. it is that that cut of the music is the same they used and then of course when legend of zorro came out they used a trailer music from pirates of the caribbean so so but yeah so um, i saw i saw zorro opening weekend for sure i think i saw it twice i think i saw it like the following weekend or maybe because it's the summer so maybe i saw it like during the week just because like hey let's go to the movies 
Um, but and yeah, then because you could go during the week. Yeah, exactly. You're summer, off yeah. school. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I de- I rented I rented the VHS um, at like like multiple times. Like it was a very easy move to be like, let's put on Zorro right now. <laughs> yep. Like why not? Um, that was a pretty good like kids summer, I would say. Like not, like as far as just like the kinds of stuff coming out. Like Doctor Doolittle's out, Small Soldiers is out, Mulan comes out, Armageddon comes out. Regardless of how much I like any of these movies, it's just like it felt like there's a lot of stuff that was available for like Deep Impact to start the summer, Armageddon to come. Deep back Impact's later. like weirdly the one movie I didn't see, and that came out on my birthday. Probably why I didn't see. Oh, it. Uh, I went. I went on a. I went on a first date to Deep Impact, and then our second was Armageddon because she said we had to go see that too. But like, there, there that's a pretty big distance between the dates. I'm I'm really twelve is. I'm twelve at this time, <laughs> and the the movie the the movie you'd expect me to be like all about is like yeah like Armageddon or Zorro for that matter. The movie I was all about, The Truman Show. That was my summer oh, movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I was yep. like, oh my god, this is amazing. <laughs> this is I the st- best. I still can't think of a more immersive experience in a theater than The Truman Show. That movie just sucked me in. Yeah, kind of forgot about the world. I remember that. That that and like um x Files because i was bigger yep. than x files the show at the time so like the movie really worked for me the funniest memory i have from x files is that they showed that there's something about mary trailer and it ended and then they showed that there's something about mary trailer again and people in the audience were like yes like they're really anticipating seeing the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> your drop zone comment made me want to see gary Busey as zorro no one wants to see that one <laughs> don't, don't 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 do this. There's a hellscape dimension where that happened. Not, not like this. <laughs> Maybe he's a villain in the the legacy of Zorro. He's like the anti-Zorro. He like wears the same costume. He plays a uh, three-fingered Jack's estranged cousin. <laughs> Four tooth Tony. I do remember, and you know, I know we talked over most of the action prologue and fine, whatever, but. Even when this film came out 25 years ago, it was considered somewhat noteworthy that you had all these practical locations and practical stunt work and fisticuffs and sword fighting and and you know uh, the vehicle, you know, the old school vehicle mayhem in a way that even then was becoming almost passe or at least something to be not to be taken taken uh, for granted anymore. It's a weird oh, like uh, point in time because at like the theater next to you, you have like Lethal Weapon, which is also very practical. And then yes. the theater next to that is Armageddon, which is a bomb blast of CG. It's, yeah. it's like a lot and small soldiers and, yeah. for that matter. Well, just so you <laughs> know, he's not de-aged here. Yeah, true. <laughs> Hopkins is uh they actually said, Hey, you know what? Let's just let the makeup artists do their damn job. To be fair, he doesn't look like he's if anything, he ate they age him up <laughs> like in yeah. the preceding scene. Like here he's just like him. Like he's an older man oh. with a family. <laughs> you mean- I had those sideburns of his for a while. And a tan. <laughs> yeah, it looked oh. just like Anthony Hopkins in like 2000. <laughs> <laughs> Better that than instinct. <laughs> <laughs> that was 2003. Mm, I think that was 1999. It was Phantom Menace. Ooh. And Smoke Signals was kicking around the theaters at this time. I love that movie. By the way, and we haven't got to her yet, but like Anthony Hopkins, I'm thinking like, well, he's not Spanish. That's a that's a like my 12 year old mind is trying to cause like, OK, I guess that's just what we're doing. Catherine Zeta-Jones, I wasn't aware of like I'd seen the Phantom, but like I'm not you know, I don't know her. So like I didn't realize that she was Welsh offhand. Like that's just not a thing that occurred to me. Yeah. Also because her name is Catherine Zeta-Jones. Like that sounds vaguely. That's know, exotic. Like, right. Yeah, like it, it doesn't sound Welsh necessarily. So. 
then that changed very quickly once it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, it's it, I I was working on an Oscars piece where I had to find out, I'll just go through every actor who's been nominated. And that's when I, I was like, she's Welsh. Like this was probably, <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Like this, this is probably five years ago, six years ago. <laughs> Scott, you mentioned this is a kick-ass prologue and it is a kick-ass prologue. This is like 20 minutes of just like its own little Zorro movie. Right? Yeah. We, get, we get an introduction of this character, the times, what his family life is, and then like a, you know, a sad ending. Yes, <laughs> everything all- goes to hell. Yeah. Um, they didn't want the audience to have to wait for the Hopkins action. So they yeah. had to... Oh, oh. This is like this is basically the Man of Steel opening. It's the it's the series finale of the Hopkins Zorro show. Yes. Um, and I love that the villain, he's a dick. Yeah, but he's a nuanced dick. <laughs> um, yeah, he's one of those assholes that wants to take your child and raise it as his own. And, you know, one of those yeah. kind of characters. It's like even the opening scene where it's like <laughs> when the other guy walks into the balcony and they think, is he going to kill this guy just to show him what a badass he is? Like, no, he's going to give him deeds to land. <laughs> well, yeah, like, oh, that a, makes sense. Because he's a politician. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, not, his thing is to just shoot a guy and throw him off the balcony. <laughs> like, that's that's yeah. not how things work. What I like is that this movie is, it's not like true, but it's weirdly tied to like stuff that exists, people that were real. Like it has ideas on how to comment on the time by using actual figures, but like slightly exaggerating it. You know, we're in real towns. We're not in like a Gotham. We're not in a fake place. There's like ramifications for the things that are happening. Like this whole stuff right here where it's like this guy, like these two people are somewhat fighting over a woman despite also the fact that he's just trying to capture this vigilante uh but like there's something there's something more grounded about i mean this whole movie is pretty ground it's zorro like you know it's not fantastical it's just a swashbuckler that was a long scene without a cut right there on the stairs nice wide shot just whacking at each other good good old bob anderson campbell yeah exactly bob anderson doing the the the, the stuntwriter and like just campbell being like you know what's fun? Not editing a lot. <laughs> like <laughs> it's show, showing the things that are happening. Right. All right. Now going for the close up. Allowing for yep. audiences to make a connection and mm. figure. Well, this, uh, guy's yeah. this scene did hit me good when in the theater <laughs> yeah. when he does this. Mm-hmm. Because you see, and that's got that, that's what you're saying. Like, yeah. like there's an obvious compassion that this man has. Is like this is not the result that I wanted from this. <laughs> Fred, uh, what are you say? I was just I. I isn't this supposed to place like somewhat like a legacy sequel? Like it, it wasn't a term back then, but like like loosely could be a sequel to the '40s film. I guess. I mean, I I hear what you're saying. I, I've I, never, I've not done the research, but I've heard where it does have like hints and connections that they could be tied. But it's well, because he, like... he's because Bender or Hopkins is playing Diego de la Vega, who's Zorro mm-hmm. for all right. intents and purposes. So it's like. Whether or not specifically a tied, you know, if the continuity wants to align with the Mark of Zorro or mm-hmm. any number of others, it certainly is acting as though it's a, like, it's like Mission Impossible. Like, like they this, call it the this Mark of and the mask yeah. and yeah. But it's like, but like I was saying, it's like Mission Impossible where the character clearly exists at a time before this movie begins. And we're mm-hmm. just, and now we're getting this like, what if there was this series involving this character which there was to whatever extent and we're passing that legacy on now to banderas's character who plays a different character completely that's not de la, uh, de la vega so it's like yes not in the traditional sense as far as we've ex- we've definitely like got the rights to this previous mm-hmm. film and we're explicitly saying this well is no like no no i don't mean that. like that no no i just meant like it's kind of like i'm sure the zero the, it, yeah. the zero the zero purists 
know like, could really understand the continuity and try, try to match it up if they want to like I, i'm not uh, you know i don't care i'm not against that like that's cool they could have put out that fire it wasn't like it was that big when it started like <laughs> that's just space wasted i mean there's so nice many house. candles though so many candles in that place they probably he fell down to like one thing you could have stopped that fire <laughs> I you mean, they're, with they're, the knowledge that they're you know, they're policemen, right? They're trained in this. They know how to stop a rug fire, a tapestry fire from burning down the entire house. <laughs> well, I mean, how it's long not his, it's not his house. You don't give a crap. Ah. <laughs> how how petty do you have to be? It's a whole house. Just You're going to jail. <laughs> Good luck. So, um, <laughs> I had I have the notes for this. Um, uh, so, so um, Antonio Banderas, he is he is um, Alejandro Marietta, his brother, who's here now. Um, that is that is supposed to be Joaquin Marietta, Marietta, who is who is claimed as the Robin Hood of El Dorado or the Robin Hood of the West, a real character, along with this three this three finger Jack character. They're like actual real characters that existed, and the character that the the, the white guy that kills him also a real character who supposedly did actually kill this person oh and and did keep heads in a in a in a glass bottle uh because that's cool to do i guess that's the the way he rolled everybody's got a hobby i don't judge (laughs) everybody's got a thing got in his toenail collection and then like guy in his head in the glass in the bottle but yeah i mean if you're gonna do it do it right Put those heads in a jar. That's what I say. Mm-hmm. That's my high school Yuba quote, right? <laughs> so we already talked about Campbell a little bit. Campbell's coming off GoldenEye, obviously. Big success. Mm-hmm. They're all involved. Uh, Campbell's offered Tomorrow Never Dies. Uh, turns it down. Yep. Yeah, he, he turns it down. Uh, obviously, he winds up doing this movie. Uh, originally, uh, Spielberg had this for Amblin. He brought on uh, Mikhail Solomon. Uh, fun fact, Brandon, do you know what Mikhail Solomon did instead of this movie in 98? We talked about it on a podcast. We did? hmm It's Hard Rain. Hard Rain. Oh! Is the oh. <laughs> the, okay, well, that's better than this, so I guess. <laughs> I mean, Hard Rain does rock, yeah. and it has jet skis, so Mark's like, I'm trying to contain my excitement. I can see it in his face. Um, Five stars. Five stars. It's a great movie. Out uh, of ten. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fun movie um, it's, I, it's another roadhouse for Scott when, when Solomon was on he cast Sean Connery as De La Vega because if you can't get Anthony if Anthony Hopkins is a stretch right there well, uh, no, Connery, uh, 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 he's got experience from Highlander so yes, yes, yes yeah, he, he yeah, played, so, another Bob Anderson I, I get it I get it <laughs> and I'm sure he was going to commit to that role also he's going to do yeah. the accent and everything just, I get like it. He did, just like he did in Untouchables he's like finally I'm going to yeah. throw the brogue away so I can do the real deal Spanish accent that everybody's been dying to hear Sean Connery use yep. um, obviously that did not happen um, when uh, Solomon left um, Connery left uh, and we'll get to Campbell after, but after Solomon, I ain't uh, working with another Bond director. You go to hell, Campbell. <laughs> you go to hell, Campbell. No, thank you. Uh, um, uh, Robert Rodriguez uh, was up next in line. Oh. Uh, Am- Amblin was super interested in Rodriguez after Desperado and El Mariachi. He's like, here's a guy that could turn in a product on a low budget. Um, and that reasoning is exactly why Robert Rodriguez eventually left the project because he wanted more money than they were willing to give for the movie. Uh, which is ironic because this movie was budgeted at like 45 million goes into production 
at 60 and then goes over budget due to production problems. <laughs> so it's uh, mm. <laughs> Rodriguez didn't get his way, but they, they still ended up spending like 30% more than what he wanted to use to make the movie to begin with. But Rodriguez did bring in Banderas. Banderas was his hire based off Desperado, obviously. Um, that was his that was his get for the movie. Um, what else as far as that goes? Um, oh, this, this is a fun thing I read. Uh, Stanley Kubrick called Spielberg at some at one point when he was doing Spielberg was like on Zorro and he's like you got to get this guy Julio Medim who directed this movie The Red Squirrel uh, and he's like I, you, you like this is the guy you want to do it and it's fascinating to me that Kubrick was like it, I guess they're like probably talking about AI at this point and and at some point Kubrick was like I just saw a movie called Red Squirrel and you need to get this guy to direct Zorro and I like Kubrick getting excited about the about a Zorro movie it's are like, these like his Albert Brooks calls I guess <laughs> the random middle of the night, the random middle of the calls. night thing. Yeah. Um, so Spielberg did contact, but, but, yeah, but he declined. He wants to, he wanted to keep doing like indie projects or what have you. So he did not want to make Zora, obviously, <laughs> but, but Kubrick had a say he, he had, he got his own, he got his pal, the beard on the phone. It's like, listen, we're making our robot movie. That's cool. But if you're going to make Zorro, I have some ideas. Um, what, what else? Uh, we always like to do this as far as who could have been cast. Banderas is obviously Zorro, um, but uh, if not him, then I guess Patrick Swayze. There were, there were. <laughs> he showed Stol- his sword work in Steel Dawn, so he totally could have done this. Stallone, <laughs> <laughs> Willis Schwarzenegger. You got all the all the regulars. Stallone. So they want so Andy Garcia was a big pitch early on. Andy Garcia was popping. <laughs> um, I want to think this is probably early, like coming off of like Godfather Three, obviously, but also like other things that were kind of building him up more. Um, Benicio del Toro was in the running. Mark Anthony was in the running. Um, a, um, a, uh, I believe a Mexican singer and soap opera actor, Cheyenne was in the running. Oh, okay. And then, uh, Banderas' Desperado co-star, Joaquim de Almeida, uh, Bucho, he was in the running as well. Bucho, Almeida, Almeida, he does appear in the alternate ending to this movie. He plays Santa Ana at the end. Um, so he was involved in some capacity. Um, but yeah, those were all considered. Did I, did uh, I say Benicio? Did I say Benicio? Yeah, I did. Yeah, um, not Mario Lopez. <laughs> Mario Lopez, not quite. Okay. Uh, Hopkins obviously comes in for Connery. Originally, at the very beginning, it was Raul Julia, but he obviously passed away, so Raul Julia was not, you know, going to be available. Uh, Hopkins talk to, the, said, talk to the Star Wars people. That didn't stop you. No. <laughs> Hopkins said no initially, but then he got laser back surgery, and then he's like, "All right, I'm good," <laughs> and, and here he is. <laughs> So yeah, there's some background. There's more of this stuff, but I can stop for now on this. We can talk about this movie. Um, he's lost his brother. It sucks. Yeah. Shot himself. Right in the heart. I like how much time is taken in this film. There's a lot of like mm-hmm. we're gonna get to like the middle of this movie where it's like there's a good 30 minute chunk that's all in like one night. There's a lot of like breathing room <laughs> that this yeah. film likes to have. Um, and as far as tone. For the, you know, the end of the prologue, which of course is you know very melodramatically tragic, and mm-hmm. up to here, the tone is actually very grim and very dark, with most of the violence gotten out of the way by you know within the next ten minutes or so. Sure, yeah. After that, the film becomes a bit more light on its feet and swashbuckly. Once you've established the the stakes and what have you, then the film kicks back a little bit and has fun. Yeah, that 
completely true it, it it'd be a great choice for i don't know a robin hood movie to make that's like let's start dark and gritty and then keep that going throughout the whole movie and occasionally <laughs> make one joke perhaps and then get back to being horrible and murderous that'd be, starring be such, morgan freeman that'd be such a a weird choice to do for a summer blockbuster about robin hood the man is merry men you my room merry men is overrated this is the uh dark and grim 90s damn it <laughs> here's a question Scott Taron Edgerton and yeah, well oh no <laughs> at least that movie tries to have fun bad as it is <laughs> it's, it tries to have a good time with, with I have Jamie a question Fox I have a question for you Scott and all you guys but um we've talked about this plenty of times because we've done commentaries but you know the 90s obviously is built in for superhero movies is built off of these answers to Batman as far as having these kind of retro heroes or what have you would you consider Zorro like the end of that like yes is this I, in fact, I wrote my first year at Forbes, I wrote a post about that because mm-hmm. for the 15th anniversary and then, you know, two weeks, whatever, weeks later, I wrote, you know, the 15th anniversary of Blade, arguing that was the start of the next phase uh-huh. of superhero movies where you had present tense of the moment characters that were popular to today's kids and technology was starting to catch up to where yeah, we'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk about Blade in two months. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But this movie. <laughs> but yes, to answer your question, yes, this was sort of the finale of the Batman era, where uh-huh. you had all superheroes of limited fantasy elements. And this one, by default, was one of the more successful because it had more to offer other than just, well, it's kind of like Batman. And again, look, I love Dick Tracy. I love the Phantom. I like the Rocketeer, et cetera, et cetera. But to the average audience, it was like, You'll if you liked Batman, you'll tolerate the shadow. It uh, I mean, I can understand the shadow failing. The Rocketeer, <laughs> I, I just don't know how that whiffs. Like that yeah, seems, it's that so has, crazy. That seems like it has all the everyone ingredients. went to Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. <laughs> Idiots. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like that movie seems so specific, like not specific in a limiting way, but specific in a here's a very specific a tone that people have generally liked as far as being an adventure movie with jetpacks like kids like jetpacks right we're still talking about jetpacks uh you know likable heroes or what have you like james bond is a villain james bond is everybody's favorite at the time like if if it it was just like competition at the time i can understand that but it's still like that just seems like it has it like i get like the shadow flopping not a surprise even the phantom to an extent just because of the like obscurity of that character i get that's not phantom (laughs) <laughs> but like Rocketeer, that seems like that seems like high concepts. Like if you put that out now, not exactly as it was then, but like if you said like we're making a Rocketeer movie, I can see people like being intrigued by that. I'm I mean, happy that what Joe Johnson got some retribution with Captain America: First Avenger. Yeah, like, that's the that same tone, the same vibe. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So at least well, he like got a like. Uh, see, I did it. Um, yeah, the I mean, the Rocketeer had the like Commander Cody kind of vibes to it. Look, looks wise, not not exactly like the serial rise, but there's that because the Rocketeer that was based on something or was that like a? It's a comic. It's, no, it's yeah, a, it's based it on a comic. A, okay, um, the, the, the posters are exact replicas of like the, the posters. Comics. Amazing, like just, yeah, it's an yeah. amazing poster. It's very much it's it's indebted to the comics, but yes, it's a it's a fucking fantastic poster. Another reason to be like, why would you not want to see this movie? Who's looking yeah. at that poster and be like, skip. I mean, what was oh. it? The, the only present tense one post Batman was Ninja Turtles, and that could have been made for reasons other than Batman, you know. Like and that's, that's a, the... I think that's a big reason that one was a huge hit because I think it was cued into the zeitgeist in a way that most of the Batman wannabes were not. Um, exceptions being, of course, and I, 
present tense, past tense, whatever, Jim Carrey's The Mask, which mm-hmm. was very much in the kind of sort of like Batman, but with lots of stuff to offer people that just, oh, this is a film that I would want to see. You know, Jim Carrey's coming off Ace Ventura. The special effects are really goofy and weird. And, you know, who the fuck is Cameron Diaz? I'll watch her for 90 minutes. Um, so that, and that film made $350 million. That was one of the biggest post-Batman comic book movies, period. Like, that's the recipe. What what was the date? When did that come out? Uh, July. It was a July movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. The recipe was just there as far as, yeah. like, here's a guy that's bubbling on the surface as far as comedic actors go high concept yes like various random added value is not like huge stars but like still like hey there's people that i feel like i want to see on a big screen you know zaniness and what have you kind of a you know a difference between that and like clear and present danger as far as the kind of entertainment you're getting that summer like yeah why would you not want to see that movie there's a dog i remember oh, there's a dog laughing, yes there is a dog <laughs> i was laughing so hard in the mask theater on. oh sorry go ahead mark I don't know. I just I remember laughing so hard in the theater during the mass that someone told me to be quiet. Like, I distinctly <laughs> oh, oh. I stop like, enjoying this. No, like, and, you, and, and you and you looked at him and said, "Somebody stop me!" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "I'm a maniac yeah. most of the time, but I'm just laughing here." Like I, I was like, "Wait, why am I yell at me for something when I'm like being trouble? Like not just when I'm laughing about these gags that this dude Jim Carrey's doing." Oh, that's a you can that, change seats. That's what I say yeah. <laughs> that situation. That's like the my my sister and I got shushed laughing uh, during the climax of uh, the Black Christmas 2006. But how could you not laugh at that? <laughs> you want to know uh, something hysterical? Hmm. Among the post Batman superhero eras, not only did Robin Hood Prince of Thieves make 390 million dollars, which was by far the biggest that wasn't Batman, it made more overseas than Batman. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, yeah, a lot of a lot of people got suckered. I get it. So we never <laughs> got Robin Hood, King of Thieves, because they were rough. smart enough to know. You know yeah, they pulled a they pulled a Planet of the Apes on that one. Like yeah. got in and got out. I will As say, to though, making that that sequel to Robin Hood that you always see after a Robin Hood movie. After listening to Benedict Cumberbatch's accent in Mauritanian, I was happy that Kevin Costner went over there and played Robin Hood with just no accent whatsoever. It was kind of. <laughs> I was like, thank you, Costner. <laughs> thank you for going over there just being Costner. I appreciate that. Okay. Robin Hood. Wait, Cumberbatch's accent and what? In Mauritanian. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry. I say, I say. Like, you're like, come on, Benedict. For a guy with a very distinct British accent, he d- certainly tries a number of also distinct accents <laughs> to mix success. Yeah. Mixed is a very charitable word, Scott. Uh, yes, intentionally <laughs> so. He is Doctor Strange, of course, from New yes. York. <laughs> <laughs> as long as this is not Rafe Small, then I'm happy. Like that it's, guy. You know, his Brit, his Boston accent in Black Mass is an old timer. At least Benedict, like I don't know what his attitude is towards it, but we all seem to agree that it's bad. Everyone wants to pretend that Ewan McGregor does a great job, and I don't get that at all. Mm-hmm. So whatever, but. Um, <laughs> What's going on here? Anthony Hopkins escaped jail. He's all bushy. Hey, wait, he it's him from Instinct. Yeah. <laughs> See? <laughs> well, the movie was almost over, but now it's not. Who's an Instinct? Is it Cuba? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. For some reason, Instinct, I get I get that confused with there's the one with Hackman. General's daughter. There's, no, there's the one with Hackman and Hugh Grant. Mm. 
uh, extreme measure, extreme desperate me- measures, desperate extreme measures, extreme desperate measures. Is, exactly. Well, yeah, it's got Michael too. Keaton, desperate and, measures, uh, and Andy, Andy Garcia, and the Michael good Keaton. one. Yeah, that's a that's a fun like. Hey, this is on WGN right now. I'll watch it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but it's 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 extreme measures, and then Hackman and Chris O'Donnell. What's that the one? Chamber, the Chamber, John Grisham. <laughs> all of those like those films all like in my mind are like the same movie. Did they all like, have posters with half each other's? Yes, face pretty much. I believe yeah, they did. Yeah, probably that's what it why. was. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like this is like a period like Catherine Z. Jones, and then like the movie like Desperado before like Antonio Banderas was like these bombshell like actresses co-starring with him that were like we're getting introduced like Salma Hayek just like whoa where'd you come from it's because like, like out, out Catherine Zeta Jones like where are you coming well, from out the, think... gate, out the gate he's playing he's he's playing like reserved like gay characters right he's in like Philadelphia and and, and interview with the vampire or like and the specialist <laughs> or was no assassins 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 where there's like obviously you know there's even assassins has like a homoerotic vibe in it just based yeah. on the, his actions or those but they're like on the other hand, yes, he has like Miami Rhapsody and stuff where it's him and like and uh, Sarah Jessica Parker or or obviously his wife for a while, Melanie Griffith. Like it's like all these, you know, esteemed, you know, it girl actresses that are around there. And then, yes, he's obviously in Desperado with Sama Hayek. And this oh, he had the Melanie Griffith, those. the whole Melanie Griffith drama behind the scenes was going on, too. Yeah. Well, because of milk money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember, a lot of the trailers though did focus on the sword fight between Zeta Jones and and Banderas. It's a big centerpiece yeah. of the movie. Yeah, it's exactly. oh, with the clothes coming off. Yeah, yeah. and it's well, like also the, it also brings in everybody because they're like they're like both sides are satisfied by this this fight between these two people that are flirt fighting. And then poor entrapment comes along, and like the whole trailers just her going underneath lasers. I remember I was like with Connery who was almost in this movie. Yeah, like she, <laughs> yeah, that she immediately jumps on with entrapment like. That's yeah, like that her was next her, film. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe that was her oh, Zorro picture. Yeah, that's like her very next film. It's 99. Like, yeah, it's I am. Le- yeah. Yo, you are leading things now. And then we didn't ask her a couple years later. We're going to go steal some stuff. No, that's not a good entrapment. Like, Z- <laughs> Z- Zeta Jones, like, I don't, it's, well, because she has like traffic also. Like, and yep, she, and yep. She gets it with some she, American she, sweethearts. Um, and with my, and she's with Michael Douglas at that point too. Like, mm-hmm. it just happens. And it's like it feels like it's fairly condensed because her career's high it's fidelity. Not that pro, it's not that prolific as far as like big stuff that she's been in. Oh, there's oh, obviously Aaron, you're key free- things. Did you say the haunting? I <laughs> did you say the haunting 99 classic? Well, that was a year after Zorro. So wow, my head was... came off. <laughs> <laughs> was that, a that happens again in the Disney? Wow, it's like the ghost. I want you to stay in this house. It would be very funny if Owen Wilson gets decapitated into Disney Haunted Mansion. Yes. <laughs> that'd be, that'd be the, or someone else doesn't even Again? Yeah. We're going to do a series of tests. Oh, wow. Twice? <laughs> if it's Armageddon, Anaconda. He was getting killed a lot in the 90s. Owen oh, Will- yeah. He died all the time. It was great. Because <laughs> he played uh, like naive guy from the set. Like, at Armageddon, he dies too. Like, it's, it's, he's all over. Oh, so is that like, a snake? Wow. Big. <laughs> So she like gets in like instantly with like big dra- like she's just Soderbergh and because she's got options she's him. in a she's in a huge Spielberg produced blockbuster Coen Brothers Spielberg like and then just like she it works it for like the first half of the OOS and then well no, then she like right. well she she wins an Oscar and has like 
multiple kids with Rob Michael Douglas. So yeah. it's like, it's just taking stuff to be like, I just want to work. I feel like is the yeah, she bra- taken after she this. breaks out and gets an Oscar four years later. Like that's fast. I mean, yeah. Her career as a star basically lasts from mask of Zorro in 98 to legend of Zorro in 2005. That yeah, yeah that's fair. You know, fair or not. And you can, it's argue. fair as far as what you're saying. I'm not saying yeah, that, yeah. But, but yeah. she's also like, even during her height of stardom, not afraid to dip into ensemble stuff just because the, like, oh, yeah. the director's Ocean's 12 works. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, she's, yeah. so as much as, yeah. So she might not have ego. I, <laughs> I, I was, uh, uh, one time shown some, um, somebody, was, she hasn't been in a major movie since Red 2 10 years ago. Right. Uh, Somebody was, I uh, knew was, I uh, had a friend that was cutting together um, footage for like an outtake reel for Legend of Zorro. And there was um, some very unflattering stuff with her that they were having to weed through. Um, so, yeah, well, read to she a must famous, have been having a good day. nice sets where everybody got along and nobody had yeah. bad interviews. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure. That was a Zorro too, but, isn't Anthony Hopkins in a Red 2? Still red. Yes. Oh yeah. Right. Red harder. It's still redding. Still redding. Yeah. <laughs> Singular red. Not, this one's Carl not to be confused in. with reds. Carl Urban's in the first one because because Ernest Borgnine's still alive and he has the line to Bruce Willis that I was like for a movie that I'm like whatever on. Ernest Borgnine is talking to Willis and he's like, yeah, he's up there. He's got cute hair too. Like he's making fun of Carl Urban for some reason just to goad Willis into fighting him. Then they have like a big brawl. Red's a what like I re- the Warren Ellis comic that Red is based off is awesome. So like Red to me is just like all right, you know, old people fighting stuff. That's neat. I the guess. Red the Red movies like I this is fine. Same movies <laughs> like is generous. That's a, Same movies is generous. The first one is fun. The no, I meant the first one. Fun. I I sorry, did I say movies? I meant the <laughs> yeah. movie. Sorry. I yeah, but the first one is just like this is fine. <laughs> this is a this is a big trailer stuff. Yeah, the pointy stuff, end. Right? This this montage mm-hmm. stuff is great undeniably this montage stuff like there's a lot of like the chunks of Zorro I think you could put up to like highlights really easily and like this whole stuff right here with Hopkins training him to be a sword fighter is just really wonderful how long do you think it took to construct this do you think he had people outside help or he did it himself or he had Alfredo his butler oh Al okay (laughs) yeah (laughs) in the, uh, the the Z cave that's a lot of work yeah it's a lot of Zat thing out there. I love that um, poignant line. That was just perfect. If we speaking of um of to wrap up um uh, Zeta Jones, uh, Spielberg saw her in the Titanic miniseries, and that's what cast her. That's what got her cast in this movie. Um, others considered Martin Campbell's coming off of Golden Eyes, so he has Isabella Scorbico in here because if there's one person that could play a Mexican maiden, it is a Polish actress. Um, <laughs> on the other hand, you had a Spanish soap opera actress, Uh-oh. Judith Godreche, in there. Uh, Salma Hayek, obviously, in consideration, and Elby Cruz, obviously, in consideration. Shakira was like offered the role, but she denied it despite because she just she both wasn't used to English as of yet and she wasn't confident in her acting, even though she was like on a soap opera, apparently, uh, which I did not know. And uh, Jennifer Lopez, the other fairly obvious, like, oh, person wow. you put in the, in the line of these people that are being considered. J-Lo. To backtrack Selena was 95, way, right? When was Selena's Selena? 90, Selena's 95, Money Train, Anaconda. She's worked her way up. Mm-hmm. Oh, this would have been yeah. a get for them had she signed on. Yeah. 
but she does out of sight instead. Which, oh, yeah. Know, is a, is a, you know, modern class. So, Rodriguez, by the way, to go back there, he goes on to do the faculty this year instead of this movie, by the way. Good swimming pool scene. It, that movie rocks, and uh, it's also right. the last time he does a studio movie <laughs> outside of like Alita, but that's still more him working with Cameron than not working with Fox. So, I like a little thing, homage to the thing in that movie. Oh, yeah. The faculty rules. Like, <laughs> despite, like by all accounts, he hates that, or at least he's he knows it's compromised by Weinstein meddling. But like the cut that exists is still very good. Yeah, I like, like that movie a lot. I'm, I'm curious if we'll ever get like the full version of the faculty or whatever it was. Which probably has just like three more scenes of kids in high school. Second Weinstein term. Being, that's got oh. so many things screwed up for home video release. It's uh huh. <laughs> it's it's up to Lionsgate to keep saving the day by purchasing rights. Yeah. <laughs> Lionsgate and yeah, there's yeah, there's plenty of people like uh, 88 Films somehow got like Super Cop and properly yeah, quit. Get the copy can't stop. Yeah, some other Jackie Chan stuff floating around from them. But what's this thing about other Martin Campbell movies? He is uh, the true. Well, there's many good drive by like the trailers for his film specifically like there's always some good moment like no escape when he throws like he throws the blade into the guy then like throws him in and then gets a grenade launcher like his the trailers like um vertical limit sold me goldeneye had some great moments casino royale because he oh, shoots cool he, his like action scenes you can decipher without because they don't require edits so you can use you can take a sequence and put it into something as opposed to taking like a handful of shots that don't make any fucking sense unless you're watching the movie so like yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, you can have good trailers. He has good stuff to work for. Like when, trailer when, for the protege. Oh, dude, Maggie Q, y'all. Yeah, the vertical limit trailer is spectacular. Yeah, yeah, that convinced yeah. people to be great when it's merely okay, I guess. I yeah. <laughs> like, um, in Goldeneye, when he fixes his tie when he's in the tank, like that, I was like, what? Oh, yeah. Well, like, the Goldeneye no. one's great. The one where uh, it like starts spelling out like the world could be one man or whatever it comes out and pierce browser's like you expecting someone else and it just like mm-hmm. goes in this incredible montage of action through all out the movie because back then you could just be like here's what our movie has and <laughs> we could be like fine it wouldn't be like we're holding back everything you know like you show stuff later in the movie beginning of the movie and because when you, if you get in the zone of the movie you're not like checking off boxes um, martin, martin campbell almost directed unstoppable now, Unstoppable is already amazing. One of beautiful. Tony Scott's best movies. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm very curious what Martin Campbell. I mean, it'd just also be amazing because Martin Campbell. <laughs> like, oh, but... Martin Campbell directed two episodes of Bergerac. That's crazy. Yeah, the best episodes. You didn't <laughs> those see those? The... Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? And he show? did the Protege. It, Bergerac. It was <laughs> like talk about the Protege. Jesus. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna guess. So Bergerac. I'm gonna guess is like the UK BBC's uh, answer to Miami or to Magnum PI. But in a very British way, not as cool. <laughs> but it, it uh, ran for many years. The thing about the protege, which I quite like, other than it's good, is unlike almost every other female assassin movie of that era and now, it wasn't about you know someone protecting a child and you know dealing with their maternal instincts. Because um, almost every female action movie in the last three or four years has been, you know, she's a hard ass who's willing to kill. But her heart will melt when she has to take care and protect a child. Like when did I guess Kill Bill is when that turned? Yeah. I guess. But yeah, but but I mean, there's for one thing, it's just handled better. But also, it's weird since like Lefemme Nikita paved the way for the like to the point of having a TV show, and that's about a 
completely terrible person that has nothing to lose and she's just forced into being an assassin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which led to two TV series, one starring Maggie Q yep, and Maggie a remake. Q star of the project. And and a, <laughs> and a remake, a remake with Bridget Fonda. Like where did when did Anaconda we go from, don't want none. When, when did we go from from here's an unlikable character that's just turned into assassin to she has to be the the mother that lost it all. It's a it's a shift. I think it's a sign of cultural regression. Uh-huh. Um good looking set. Yeah. You know why it's good looking? Because you can see the whole fucking set. They have like <laughs> let's let's take time to show Zoro walking into a location and seeing the wide shot of it. <laughs> And, and guess what? They filmed in a location. It's not in Atlanta, and it's not in a green screen. And they it's not Bulgaria. All due respect to Bulgaria. They <laughs> lit the set too. It's great. Yes, with movie lighting. Yeah, <laughs> and people are okay with it because they realize they're watching a movie. Yeah, oh, I can man. both hear, see, and hear everything on screen. <laughs> like I love, I love right when here. that's a compliment. Like that's a uh-huh. good looking set. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I. I, I... <laughs> But it, we sh- it shouldn't be I can these see. Are, the minimums I, shouldn't be like praiseworthy necessarily, yeah. but like they look really good here. In this yeah. movie. <laughs> I mean, I was watching Rise of the Beast last night. It was in a you know, press screen or whatever. And about halfway through the movie, I'm thinking, I am having no difficulty whatsoever hearing any of the dialogue in this picture. It's sad that I can appreciate that, but I do. Good to know that I'll be able to hear the movie when I see it. That's nice. Yes. Um, that's it. I don't think Transformers ever had a problem with sound, but uh, well, because back then that wasn't an issue. Well, back then, it's Transformers. Yeah, Michael Bay doesn't you know play that game. Um, like I said before, like this sequence with <laughs> him doing is like his first night out as Zorro. It's a long series, po- mm-hmm. like moment of time that we're gonna spend here. Like this is not just like he gets a horse and that's it. Like we're gonna spend like a good twenty minutes watching him like get this horse take the horse get in a chase with the horse like there's a lot of stuff going on and it's it's a major action sequence but it's also very fun aperish got comedic it's it's driven by some comedy not to state the obvious but he doesn't run around killing everybody yeah um that's one thing i've always liked about martin campbell pictures is that when there is violence I mean, real violence, it feels real and it has consequence and it stings. But he also knows when a scene like the take chase in Goldeneye, you don't want a bunch of people getting run over because that takes away from what the scene's trying to do. Or you could have James Bond and Casino Royale like do crazy parkour moves and also burst through a wall like the Kool-Aid man. And it's all fitting in the same vibe. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That was sold on Casino Royale when he exploded through that door. Yeah. I was I was like, I'm A plus. That's it. And you know, Casino Royale, I think one reason it's as good as it is, is that with all the talk of, oh, this is a Bond movie for post 9-11 and you know, the born supremacy had just come out and you know, but it still remembers to be a Bond film. It's and that fun. means it's a little larger than life. It's a little bigger in terms of scale and scope and spectacle. And it remembers to be a James Bond film. Well, yeah. and that, that book, it, it's ba- it's really adheres to the book a lot. And so they have to build that around it. So all the big yes. special stuff is before the card match. And then, you know, at the end, they they ramp it up from what the book is. But yeah, there's that wasn't a very action-oriented book. But like, how do we get to the book? Well, we we can place our action sequences getting there. 
It, yeah. it is nice that that movie remembers to be a Bond movie, unlike, you know, mm-hmm. that sequel to Casino Royale that uh, you try to stick <laughs> up for, but are, you know, wrong. The Bourne movie, you mean. <laughs> that Bourne movie, yes, because yeah. it's not a Bond movie, that's for sure. <sighs> we need you know, more this... scenes of people piling on somebody, and then the guy crawls out from under <laughs> them, and they're still piling on as if, like, he's there, we gotta get him! Yes! That's, that's a, that's there, a are, there are there's a few scenes in this picture that feel cliches that are so old that they felt new because it had been so long since anyone actually tried them oh yeah there's like there's like some buster keaton stuff going yeah. on in this movie <laughs> like no question like the practical physical and, comedy and, that's happening and that's here. a perfect example because that's something that you know i hadn't seen in live action in ages mm-hmm. it's okay to be cliche as long as you're doing it well Yes, and, and Campbell knows what movie he's making. He's making yeah. a swashbuckler that's built on these things. Just like find the tropes and embrace like, them. Yeah. yeah, embrace the tropes. Find a new way to showcase the trope. Like it's okay. There's beats you hit. There's I, yeah. I, I forget that this is an Amblin film sometimes. So, but then when I see that <laughs> and I see Spiel, it's like, well, of course Spielberg is a producer on this. It it has. It's going for the thing that works for those Indiana Jones movies as far as like this nonsense right here. It's just like a really big guy that he has to find. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and Ben Terrence just sells it. Yeah. 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 And this one reason why this film works is it really does feel like a successful melding of James Bond tropes and Indiana Jones tropes. Um, You know, intentionally, I mean, I'm assuming it's intentional, but you know, they know what they're doing. Like ben, ben, I agree. Banderas completely does sell this, and like in the same way that like Fraser sells Mummy. Yeah. Um, But like coming into this, I was already excited to see when I first saw it. I was already excited to see Zorro, but like in addition to just being like impressed by the trailers and just like the concept of seeing a Zorro movie, I had been like I did. Desperado had like anytime that was on TV at that point, I'm like I'm watching Desperado, and I thought Banderas mm-hmm. at that point was like the coolest guy I could mm-hmm. see walking around because oh, yeah. of just the way that movie frames him. Where Banderas, who is not a tall man, he looks like the biggest guy in the room. He's like using fucking two guns or shotguns or whatever the hell from a guitar case. Like just everything about him oozes cool at that point. And so to see him here, where he eventually gets to that kind of status later, but like having a whole segment where he's doing, you know, this stuff, it's great. It's great. It shows just how like great he can be doing this thing. Like he's just, he really knows how to play the, and I like that he's maintained that throughout his career. Like he knows mm-hmm. how to play a goofball. He's done that plenty of times. If, or if he wants to be serious, he can be serious. I love him in Expendables 3. I don't care. He's the best yeah. part of that movie. Yeah. Yeah. He's, Easily. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it's a giant metaphor for why don't you fuckers cast me anymore? Because <laughs> well, there's, yeah. no there's no reason they should have stopped. Like, yeah. it's weird. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm glad he's, I mean, he just got an Oscar nomination. He's in one of the best animated movies of recent years. Like, he's doing yeah. fine. But, yeah. like, it's just, he's an Indiana Jones in a month from now. But, like, yeah. <laughs> which is I mean, fitting given that we're watching Zora. Uncharted almost killed him, but he's, uh, he's <laughs> literally survived. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and, and once he exited the picture, it became much less interesting. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, I admire the plot twist, but why'd you have to go and do that? Yeah, why'd you get rid of the most interesting character in the movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that really bummed me out. I remember when that happened, I was like, what? I was like, I know what they're doing, but... To its yeah, credit, like, he yeah. got COVID, so like he literally couldn't film anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, that's what happened. I yes. don't know if that was part of the script initially, but like it, cert- it probably didn't help. Like, oh. His casting in this was like, you know, knowing himself was on the money that I would compare, like, uh, my excitement was similar when they put Sam Jackson as Shaft, 
even though I sure. think most people, yes. a lot of people wanted snipes, but I was like, I was big on Sam Jackson and I was like, oh yeah, he's, he will say the line's good. Like he, yeah. he has the, yeah, <laughs> you know, he'll, he'll oh. say stuff like, yeah. But um, it's like, you guys nailed it. Like that was the right guy. But I mean, we'll talk about it couple months but snipes like blade is synonymous with, with snipes for me yeah. Zoro is syn- like and yes That's why I they know, keep pushing back that movie it, it's not like it's not like Zoro is not been represented over the decades of time we didn't even talk about this Zoro mm-hmm. from like 1919 when he's created 40 different like film appearances he's, yeah, he's a Sherlock Holmes type character yeah, yeah like, 10 yeah. TV shows so many short stories and books comic books mm-hmm. What ha- like it's it's wild that we've gotten all it's not surprising even how things work but it's it's wild that we've gotten plenty of Robin Hoods and tar- whatever the hell else Tarzan yeah in the in the years since this movie came out and only two Zoros <laughs> well is it is it in uh, what's the term public domain that's the thing it's mm. it, there's a contention about that like yeah. aspects of Zoro I believe are but like specific things about it aren't so yes that certainly probably held it up. But at the same time, like Legend of Zoro really had to shit the bed at the box office to like make it this hard to make another Zoro movie. And it, yeah, and it, I don't hate the film, but it's not as good as this picture. Yeah, and, Although, it, and like releasing it the same weekend as Saw Two, your 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 date movie for life. Because um, I had seen the Legend of Zoro at a test screening three three four months earlier. And you were like, we need to have. You were the one that wrote in a, a card saying, "We need to have a reaction shot of the horse when he sees that there's a bomb going off and have his eyes wide open, dog open, right?" That's Accurate. <laughs> um, one thing that's always amused me about the two Zorro films is that, thematically speaking, I would argue this film should be called The Legend of Zorro, and the sequel should be called The Mask of Zorro. That's fair, yeah. Um, and whatever. That's obviously not a criticism because they weren't planning on the sequel. Um. It's funny because even though the the uh, forgive me, I don't remember anyone's names in these films, but the main villain is a complex, layered character. This guy's just a dickhead, and he's just a pure figure of douchebaggery. Yeah, with... English Stu- English Stuart Wilson plays Don Rafael Montero, yes, and uh, Matt Lesher of The Flash um, plays Captain Harrison Love. Captain Love, Captain Captain Love. They had Owen Wilson as that guy. Hey now, come, come back here. So Brandon, oh, wow. his head is delicious. You look like your brother, Brandon. You were you were looking forward to Samuel Jackson in Shaft. Yeah. What did you think about him in the Protege? Oh, he was excellent. Was, yeah. <laughs> What's great about him in the Protege is that yeah. it's not what we all thought it was, where he right. dies ten minutes in. You're like, oh, that's the end of Sam Jackson. It's like, oh no, there's more of him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of Stuart Wilson, by the way, uh, you got a number of people for him. He replaced Armand Asante. Um, because oh. Armand Asante got busy doing the Odyssey, which I really like the TV miniseries. <laughs> yeah, the I remember that. Yeah, that's a, I thought that was a really solid miniseries. I recall enjoying it. Yeah, as someone who's read that three times, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, others that were considered for the role, uh, a very Mexican list Sam Shepard, Lance Hendrickson, <laughs> Scott Glenn, uh, but then you get Edward James Olmos and then Giancarlo Giannini. Speaking of uh, Casino Royale. Lance, Lance Hendrickson, Hendrickson, like on Lance speed Hen- dial for action kill- movie villains in the nineties. Lance Hendrickson would be too dark, so it wouldn't be sympathetic at all. He'd he'd just be his character in the Quick and the Dead in this movie. Oh, so he he'd be a good like Harrison Love. He's just probably too, he's just too old for that part of that movie. Him and Arnold Vosloo. No wait, 
Was that hard target? I love hard them target, together. Hard target, yeah. Yeah, put yeah. them in this movie. <laughs> Arnold Vasily with a Zorro. Yeah. yeah. By the way, we're still we're still in that night where he's on his yeah. first night as Zorro. We're still in that comes. scene. Oh, that's good. He just broke his ankles. Him and a horse. <laughs> that's how that happens. He's dead now. Yeah, he. No, he, he wouldn't be dead, Scott. He'd just break his ankles, be horribly crippled. He'd be crying yes, out for exactly. pain. And Harrison Love would be come and he'd be like, oh, you're that guy's brother. And then he kills him, and that's the end of the movie. <laughs> Another Stunt, fire. Stunt man. Did guys that. cannot put out fires in this film. <laughs> this is so hard. You guys is have it, a bucket. Is that enough, enough agua? Bucket's too small. Like, but you can only. This is um, the Michael Keaton stares at his library until the bat signal comes on moment for Anthony Hopkins. I wish I was the special effects guy blowing those out when he, he does that. Oh, he, he did learned, that for real. No, he learned oh. how to do it. Oh, he learned wow. how to do it. He Hopkins insists, doesn't fuck around. Uh, Campbell didn't want to have the whip. Hopkins had to convince him to put the whip in the movie. Oh. Yeah. Hopkins is like, or Campbell's like, I'm going to do a whip. What does he need a whip for? And Hopkins is just like, no, we got to do the whip. As far as that kind of stuff goes, Banderas trained with the Spanish fencing team for four months uh, for this movie. And according to Bob Anderson, um, who you know obviously helped with the training, mm-hmm. best sword fighter there was as far as actors are concerned. Uh, he said that during like a Lord of the Rings interview. He was like, by Banderas, best natural talent. So don't pick a sword fight with Antonio Banderas is what I'm saying. Always bring a gun. A big gun. So you can shoot Antonio Banderas in the face. That there was stop a him. situation where burglars or whatever broke into his house and he chased them off with a sword damn right he did <laughs> throwing knives that's how you hit antonio banderas he just <laughs> what are you talking you just knock him out <laughs> desperado he wasn't fighting with swords in desperado mark that was before he got his training now fair, fair enough <laughs> you sound ridiculous sir <laughs> <laughs> I did buy throwing knives after watching Desperado, though, at a flea yeah. market in Florida. Did, you, going handy. Ja- ja- did you get the jacket? To... Mm-hmm. He, no, if, just the just the tattoo. I didn't have money for that, so I just <laughs> I just bought the throwing knives. If you need to defeat Antonio Banderas, you just got to remember whatever SpongeBob did. Yeah. <laughs> you guys want to go in my backyard? Watch me throw knives. Just got him. SpongeBob, which should, which should have been his second Oscar nomination. Yes. I guess that's before Pain and Glory. So his first Oscar nomination, then Pain and Glory comes. Everything you've said is true. That's it, right? He doesn't have another one, right? No, unfortunately. I don't think, yeah. This is a summer when I watch Armageddon and The Mask of the World, and I love them both equally, even though it's interesting what you're saying about this pacing. Like, the pacing is very, not methodical, it moves, but this is still the same night. Like, it's it's interesting yeah. how this keeps your attention, and it's not just, like, hitting you in the face with, like, next, 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 next. It's just, but like, I don't know, but also it doesn't have the artifice of a phantom. Like I remember watching the phantom and feeling like this feels a little off. Like I enjoy this. James yeah, I, like, cool. A little stagey. Yeah. A little stagey. Yeah. There's the word. No, uh, this feels like a historical drama. Who directed phantom? What am I thinking of? Simon Windsor. I think. Simon Windsor. Yeah. Yeah. Who yeah. also directed one of the great all time Western miniseries, Lonesome Death. Yes. Yeah. Weirdly enough. <laughs> It's all these Australian guys, isn't it? Because like Russell, Mul- it's Russell Mulcahy again for um, what's it um, for the, the for shadow. shadow? It was him again. Yeah, hmm. we're, we, I thought this was before. We were talking about Resident Evil before we started recording. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> Russell Mulcahy. <laughs> 
and the very Australian Warren Beatty on Dick Tracy, obviously. So. Yes. <laughs> Slowly but surely, we're doing all these retro superhero movies, by the way. We've done our commentaries for Batman, Dick Tracy, and right. this. So we still got to work in the Shadow of the Phantom. Did we do Ninja Turtles? And we, yeah, Ninja Turtles. Yeah, we did Ninja Turtles. Yeah. And we're did we, do we, did, we, well, we must have done Ninja Turtles. Uh, <laughs> I, I believe. And the Crow. We've done the, we we've the done the crow. I haven't watched that since the nineties. Does it hold up? Crow? Yeah. Yes. Crow's yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Can't rain all the time, Mark. Soundtrack's great. <laughs> Scott's uh screen crush, Michael Wincott, does excellent in that movie. Yeah. Hey. Indeed. <laughs> we got the Ernie Hudson's in there. Yeah. The crow coming around. I thought you were <laughs> invincible. Well, I'm not anymore. You were supposed to be dead. Well, here's where uh, Bruce and Alfredo go to that party. Yep. <laughs> I mean, obviously, the you know, skipping ahead by about five minutes, but one thing I did like about this is this is a James Bond-type evil plan that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's... Like, this is a fucking plan. We're going to steal all the I almost want them to get away with it. It's a little it's a little Lex Luthor in that manner. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's about property. <laughs> Just want, you know. It's like Luther has because he wants yeah. that property. Yeah, he's got. Yeah, he's got. He's got probably like an Kevin Spacey likes Luther for sure. Yeah, because yeah, it's more murderous. Probably it's a piano rapey, scene in that. Murderous. The piano scene. <laughs> this again. This is like what the next night, and this is another sequence. that's going to be like the rest of the movie almost. Yeah, <laughs> right. I assume it's been like a week since he had to teach him charm school, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we didn't spend a lot of time in between one giant like sequence of events to another giant sequence of events. And meanwhile, like Mark, you're talking about Armageddon. Like, yeah, that's a movie where it's like a kid that just ate all of the sugar and holds <laughs> the camera and cannot stand still uh, ever. <laughs> uh, and again, you know, not to beat a dead horse, but even 25 years ago, this was a film that was people noticed the classical old school basing and, you know, made by hand craftsmanship. And then it felt like, you know, a lot of people compared it correctly, I would say, to the Indiana Jones pictures. Yeah, because there's Look a rough and tumble vibe to it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there is blood, sweat, and tears. Who shot this movie? Who's this? That I don't know. Phil Mayhew. Yeah, he's Campbell's guy. He's Campbell. Yeah, I see that. And he did entrapment. Yeah. <laughs> no protege, though. He yeah, wasn't oh, a protege. Okay, if you're going to keep talking about the protege, I'm going to start bringing up Green Lantern and Art of Darkness. Okay, so yeah, let's get back to that. Oh, no. Campbell, Mark, Scott, remind me, are you pro Green Lantern? Are you that guy? Uh, it's a B minus. Uh, I think it's interesting. I think it looked great in 3D, weirdly enough. Did it? Um, And I think it's an interesting rough draft for what the DC universe in the Walter Hamada era got right. In what way? What? Like, what, what did it do differently from other origin stories? Well, that's what I'm saying. It was a very conventional origin story, but you could see bits and pieces of, okay, we'll take stuff that worked here and apply it to Aquaman and Shazam and Wonder Woman, but okay. do it better. Look, he knows magic. Um, sure. It's weird because it's like, I don't necessarily think Martin Campbell was the problem, but I do no. think he was ill-suited for the movie. Like, yeah, it yeah. seems I mean, like that was out of his I space. Think the practical literally. action 
and the scenes where adults talk to each other and have adult conversations, I think are relatively compelling. It's the outer space fantasy stuff that doesn't quite work. And when you're making a Green Lantern movie, that's a problem. And I think it's because he was trying to ground it when it's like, you can't, yeah. I don't want to see a realistic version of these ugly ass aliens. It's just like, I don't want to see a realistic version of Flounder and the Little Mermaid. Like, just go, go comic with it. Like, so it's, um, you know, if you're getting me a realistic version of a shit cloud voiced by Clancy Brown, it's like, that's not going to win me over <laughs> in any real way here. Wait, was that the villain in Green Lantern? The shit yes. cloud? Yeah. He has probably a name. Like he has a yellow. name. He's called Parallax, damn it. Shit cloud. Uh, yeah, I got it. I hear you. Bear. Shit cloud. Stop yelling it. <laughs> that and the blob from, or that and supposed Galactus from Fantastic Four 2. Yeah, they're related. Yeah. yeah. I don't know cool. why I try to give credit to Tim's story for doing that, but it's like, I get it to an extent. Like, somebody's going to do it. Might as well be me. Well, his point, his thing was someone else is going to do it. So I'll give you like a hint of it by having a giant cloud that he's in there somewhere. But like, we're not, not going to like quite show a Galactus. We'll wait for whatever Silver Surfer movie that doesn't actually end up happening to really get into mm-hmm. that stuff. Ooh, but Stuart, but just Parallax remember... in a movie that costs $200 million is no excuses. That just looks terrible. It was like an awful thing. I like Stuart Wilson and No Escape, the Martin Campbell. Yeah. That's why I, that's why I cast him. That's why I cast him here. Mark Strong is Sinestro coming back. (laughs) In the uh, the Flash movie, I'm sure, right? He'll just pop in. Like, hey, guys, I was supposed to be a villain once. I had the weirdest experience watching Green Lantern because uh, I just felt nothing. I didn't feel any hate. I didn't (laughs) laugh. Like, I didn't didn't go, I hate this movie. I didn't go, like, I like this movie. I didn't go, like, that was cool. Like, I just, I think it's the only movie I've ever watched where I just watched it and felt, like, nothing. Like, that heart rate didn't go up. Like there's no anger. It was or like annoyance or I was like that that happened. Like there was I think that's the only movie that's ever done that to me. I was like, I felt nothing. I, I had a different reaction. I felt like Peter Sarsgaard throughout that movie. That's that was <laughs> where he's just screaming and his head's throbbing and it's like, why? <laughs> and then he he's, he's, he had a lot of trauma from that. Did you see the Batman? <laughs> <laughs> he lost all his hair. He got he started taking drugs and, and he changed and jobs. He, and he got he went from being a professor to a DA. I, I don't know what's funny about just like his wife. I don't know what's funny about that one ad from Free Guy mm. where Taika Waititi and Ryan Reynolds are joking about the fact that they were both in Green Lantern. I don't know if it's funnier the fact that that's a joke they tried to make or that no one remembers the fact that Taika Waititi and Ryan Reynolds were in Green Lantern together. Are we allowed to say his name? On here, I heard you're not allowed to talk about Tiger. He does horrible things like talking in public spaces, so I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) The bastard, he's being humble. Uh, This is, of course, another classic Bond trope applied in the Zorro universe. You have the villain that unwillingly or accidentally invites the hero to dinner and brings them into their circle just because they're too arrogant to realize that, hmm. Interesting that this complete stranger just showed up here, right? As you know, Zorro showed up 24 hours or a week earlier. New people are always coming into town. What are you talking about? This is natural. Oh, right. I, I love the bit right here where he sort of he sees that the villain has a giant portrait of his wife. <laughs> and obviously it's it's it makes sense, and that's why it works, but it's the kind of beat that a lesser movie would have cut out for time. True. <laughs> 
when did he have it made <laughs> what do you base it off of maybe he dug her up i don't know that was some horrible momoa scene <laughs> it just has the body <laughs> no captain love don't <laughs> don't you dare <laughs> no head but, for you but, but <laughs> it no, looks that's yummy. not going in the jar <laughs> <laughs> i'm hungry oh this is one of the best lines of the movie right here <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> we were we're we're currently dancing or whatever it's like you she was uh you were trying she was succeeding yeah. it was just it was good put downs trailer moment or no that's still a good line well the uh, dance is but the dance is the trailer yeah, that line, the line yeah they held the line back they're like now if someone hit me with that line i i'd let them have it i'd be like <laughs> you know that was pretty good <laughs> I'll be the bigger man here. Why are there not scenes of Anthony Hopkins training him to dance together? We should have that. We should have footage of Anthony Hopkins and Antonio Banderas doing this dance exactly. My, her- talk- my heritage has to- taught me to tell you the salsa. I think it's very concerned about this dance. I'm just seeing it in my head right now, like uh, in their cave, hitting the steps. Yeah, he's like he has like the feet on the ground, like the little feet on the ground drawn, so you can like match the steps and everything. So here's what we're gonna do: California, we're gonna take all the water. Sorry, <laughs> so I'm going into the other room. Maybe think of Quantum of Solace. I was gonna say there is more dancing, right? Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's not just one. This dance. is the dance in the trailer. Yeah, for obvious reasons. Go tech. And again, I, I think you know then and now this is a film that understands the value of showmanship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why John Woo could be like, "I'll do this, but with cars." Yeah. In the spectacular, awesome Mission Impossible Two. I mean, that scene rocks, and the yeah. Hans Zimmer score is amazing in that sequence. <laughs> Are you talking about the motorcycle fight? No, no Mark. Yeah. We're talking about the, the car dance between him and, and yeah. Tandy. Oh, yeah. Tandy and Newton. Which Martin Campbell did his version of with Goldeneye. Uh, yes. Which- oh, yes, very much so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it looks, da- it looks dangerous. That's the other thing about those scenes. They don't yeah. look easy to film in any way. Oh. And yet these are things we complain about for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> It's called Mission Impossible. Like, what else do you want? I don't know. <laughs> uh, the, Not enough scenes of people in rooms talking. We need, we need less car dances. You know what? I'm doing a assignment about Mission Impossible. I'm going to steal that from you, Aaron. Car dancing. Yeah, that's I mean, That's just that's the that's the term that I know would be referred to as. I don't know what else you call it. I mean, he did do dance early on. Car fucking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Scott G. <laughs> That's gone in 60 seconds right there. Yeah. Him and Eleanor. Like this movie, I was it the you know pointed out like the the horniness of this movie is something that just wouldn't make it through in a lot of genre films today. We have too much of an asexual nature to things that someone watching it that's only digesting today's films would probably feel pregnant after watching this movie well just like just like the 
Just oh, like the Indiana oh. Jones movies, there's just as much romances as there yeah. are swashbucklers. They have yeah. female leads. They have char- characters that have chemistry together, romantic chemistry together. Mm-hmm. The idea is for them not to only succeed in their adventurous goals, but also succeed in the romance goals. They want the- to do more than just kiss on the cheek and hug. And, you know, not to you know, belabor it all the point, but that's one reason One reason I prefer Tomb Raider Cradle of Life to Tomb Raider, in that her and Gerard Butler have a real sexual magnetism that frankly ironically her and daniel craig do not well they're both they're both focused on getting that thing that'll show what happens when the planets align i believe is the plot of the first two <laughs> well, and, and, and in the second one she punches a shark and there's a jet ski so a plus and a you plus know what, right you know what's kind of funny is uh one of the the unfavorable marvel films that that's perfectly fine uh pretty good movie uh age of ultron introduces that kind of takes a step towards that stuff with uh black widow and hulk having kind of like bedroom chat scenes and then it's like oh no we don't like you did black widow dirty like i i do think the reaction to that film is one reason why the next batch of marvel blockbusters felt more wholesome in that sense well i mean they were getting away like the first movie has like tony stark like betting a woman and like bolting on her and leaving and showing her like naked in the bed you know no nudity it's pg-13 but like truly womanizing um all of phase one has a female lead in a romance angle but whether it's natalie portman in thor or it's Haley atwell in captain america like they, they're all they're they're all angling for yes, it's a traditional origin story where yeah. there's an adventure and a romance. Yeah, I don't. In my end, I need to let the cat out. Outside of the origin films, like Ant Man and what have any like, and even that's kind of been played down. Like Shang Chi doesn't really have that. I like, but like nope. the origin films generally go with that. But then the sequels are just avoiding that altogether, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Ninety eight did have some good you're talking talking about like romance and movies like out of sight i remember great expectations the like water fountain scene like 98 had some good kind of out of sight rule out of sight is one of the like the sexiest movies ever made like it's just it's fire without being particularly quote-unquote vulgar yeah Um, it's not it's not at all vulgar but i feel like that's not the the angle we'll find out in a month or so but as you know, Oppenheimer's been rated R for, among other things, sexual situations and nudity. So Chris Nolan might be bringing sexy back. There, there, there's more. Or Oppenheimer than... just gets really stressed out, just walks outside naked. The a, the a bomb, the a bomb isn't the only explosion in that movie. <laughs> oh Jesus! <no. laughs> that subscribe button. Yep. We need some guy, like some character, say in that in the background, like Oppenheimer walks by whistling, and then some guys like, oh, what's the, what's the only explosion? Well, like Eric yeah. Roberts or something. You have a chain reaction in your pants. You're just happy to see me. <laughs> so now we're into like the meat of the plot. Yes, <laughs> it's like here's the the end of the second here, act. Here's our slave labor camp, by the way. <laughs> it's our stunt show set. That's what. <laughs> it's always remind. It's not, it's not cheap or anything, but I'm like looking at it like, oh yeah. Stuff's gonna happen here. It, it reminds me of the quarry from the Frontstones movie. <laughs> or, or Less a, dinosaurs you could slide down and throw rocks on, but yeah. Or, or a line for a water ride in Frontierland at Disney. <laughs> <laughs> and we found your gold. Where's the gold? Here it is. Oh. 
Oh, thanks. Are you sure it's wise to have it in the dusty cave near all the slaves? Where else would you put it? You have a mansion with a vaults. I mean, very nicely stacked. I've labeled them all bison bucks. Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> <laughs> the Joker would be proud of this stack. <laughs> oh, bison bucks. Does he have a painting in the background? I do like that Captain Love immediately knows who that is. And even though it's it's well, somewhat he's, unlikely. He's, he's suspicious, for yeah. sure. I mean, he immediately says, okay, this is a weird coincidence. Oh, I, think Captain... he, I think he calls it a coinky dink. And Captain Love is he's a lot of things, but he isn't racist, so he doesn't he he know he knows his Mexicans between them. <laughs> I don't care how many beards you shave off. I know it's you, Marietta. <laughs> those extras are doing some commendable work in the background there. They're going with those ladders. Yeah. Good job, slave children. <laughs> it's hot. Mind that gold. <laughs> Take those whippings. <laughs> Father, please, please don't hit us. We're carrying heavy rocks and it's 100 degrees outside. This is not going to increase productivity. Now you got me thinking about stunt shows and water world and jet skis. This would be the highlight moment from the stunt show when three eyed Jack or three figure Jack pops in, mm-hmm. yeah. give it a big hammy speech. Uh-oh. I like that he planned this for months too. He's like, I'm going to wait. Until Stuart Wilson brings a big gaggle of people here. I'm going to be right in the train car where I need to be. And right when the moment strikes, I'm going to hit the brakes, going to go down, I'm going to fly at him with an axe. And damn it, it's going to work. Or I, my name is a three finger check. <laughs> here it comes. This seems like a part that Chris Cooper could have played. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. To the point where I'm like, is it Chris Cooper? Like, it's just like, he just looks like a guy that would have factored pretty well for him. In the script, it's like Chris Cooper type. A Chris Cooper type character. Yep. <laughs> he's like, John, John Sales, you busy? Uh, where's Cooper these days? Ah, he's filming with me. Okay, never mind. Right here. This little axe bit. <laughs> he's got a big wind up and everything. Oh, three finger. about the guy that just died Pecker it only would. takes one finger to pull the trigger <laughs> <laughs> yeah hair if love wasn't sure before yeah. who, who we're dealing with here the the one man that looks like a guy that he used to know giving sympathy to a dead slave mm-hmm. yeah i'd be giving up the game a bit here God, that is a nice moment though that's what we're talking yeah. about that, that, that they get reconnect like that Good dirt work. I was, I was, I was going to say the same thing. Good dirt death right there. <laughs> yeah, it adds not, not a lot of glamour authenticity that to yeah. Annie. Annie, <laughs> I uh... a little little fast six framing here, a little side by side. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never liked shots like that, but that one works for me because of the framing. Well, he actually fucking turned his head. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. He, he's not standing there like a madman looking face straight ahead. 
Hey, Vin, can you look at Dwayne? No. Dwayne, can you look at Vin? No. I was here first. Yeah. <laughs> he, he can look at me. We've been here for four days. If the idea is that I'm already in my spot and he's walking up to me, why should I have to look at him? <laughs> you sound stupid. <laughs> Justin? This, Justin looks like, have you seen Mask of Zorro? This is another genuinely great scene that has to be in the movie from a character point of view, but it's the kind of scene that a lesser film probably would have cut because it's not plot related. It'd be shorter and less nuanced because you have to like the dilemma here is so palpable. Like you, you can't not have this whatsoever. That'd be, that'd just be a terrible movie. <laughs> like, oh, exactly. It's nice to get the Welsh actors together. That's that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, some representation on screen here. Neither of us are Spanish. <laughs> it makes sense since they're father and daughter. So you can see the resemblance in that manner. During takes, they're talking about Wrexham. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the new owners? Yeah. <laughs> They're nuts. The guy directing this directed that guy in Green Lantern. <laughs> you get the script for the protege? <laughs> Great kitchen fight. Think okay. about doing it. <laughs> Maggie Q, Mission Impossible 3, when Maggie Q's like, that's a really nice car. Like, I uh -huh. love, that's a good bit right there. Shimazable three is such a tricky one as far as the tr the ways it tries to have quirk because like Abrams doesn't really do that. He casts mm -hmm. well, so the actors can bring that, and I'm sure right. there's some improv lines. But like for every one of those scenes, there's also a scene where like Jonathan Reese Myers is like, "Tell me the story that you used to talk about." Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay, dude. Yeah, like, he doesn't. Up. Yeah, I don't know what he's like. It's it's weird what they're like. He's there, but like. He's it kind of like Irish, that, not entirely Irish, but kind of Irish, I believe. Feels like was was like that supposed to be Simon Pegg, but he was like too busy to play that. No, part, the Pegg or? stuff was the because the, the Pegg stuff that was supposed to be Gervais, and Gervais wasn't going to run around in the field, yeah. so they replaced him with Pegg. But yeah, but that he was always man in a chair in that movie. Yeah, but they, well, but you're not just, wrong. I they want say like that's kind of like yeah. He doesn't like John. You don't get Jonathan Reese Myers for like quips at all. Like he doesn't. Yeah, he's very and intense what, in it. And what was Scarlett Johansson was supposed to be Michelle Monaghan's part, right? Where she I, she's supposed to be Carrie Russell's. Yeah, uh, no, I believe it's Mon the Monaghan part. Okay. Yeah, which is that's weird. Tom Cruise, it's crazy. <laughs> Russell does that scene where she shoots, but she doesn't blink. She, I, I think she must have worked really hard at that. It looks cool. She's really good at like action stuff, like mm -hmm. really good. Yeah, between Maggie the Americans, that um, what else? Is She's in something else, so, but like, yeah, she's, she's waitress. Point a gun. She points a gun really well. Yeah, waitress. She's just killing, just killing fools and waitress. <laughs> the pie, the pie fight is an all timer. Yeah, the pie is poisoned. <laughs> but which pie? And did you already eat it? Yes, and yes. But not right. I heard you say, like, yeah, like it, it. He wants it to be like we're making a team movie. But like the team is so disposable in that movie where it's like, mm -hmm. which well, character are you? Like, well, like Reese Myers works in a way that like 
Renner and Cruz work well together. Like they're both leading stud actors and they, they can share a scene. They could do stuff together. But like Reese Myers is like, what? Like did he, did someone do a call in a favor to get this guy in here? Like he just doesn't fit like whatever the character's trying to deliver. I just watched it recently and I was like, yeah, he is. It's just a weird outlier. Yeah. Like, like yeah. at least like in two, as much as we we constantly praise that Australian guy whose whose name we know we don't even need to say because he's so huge, <laughs> he's directed um, swim fan. We we constantly <laughs> reference it because of how hilarious. But but I mean, as whatever he is to that he movie, works. at least he works because it's like a specific part for him. Like, it's yeah. like we we have our Ving Rames and we need this guy, the just fucking great Australian comedian who we definitely know the name of. Mm-hmm. Like we need to have him in that role. Yeah. Here's the hand in the head in the jar, which never doesn't look disturbing. And one, the rightfully fra- frames it that on. way, too. One, two, three. Oh, shoot. <laughs> oh, I know whose hand that is. Doesn't go with that head, though. This guy, like, it's such a weird, like, thing to do. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, tequila in the worm, huh? I have a human head that I put my tequila next to. <laughs> like... And it's, it's surprising that it works because you have... Again, a relatively exciting, adventurous swashbuckler. Yet you have a villain that's a fucking cannibal. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. I mean, there's no buts about the fact that he's the villain. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. yeah. Because yes, you have a more complicated character with Stuart Wilson as far as his deal goes. So by default, you're just like, well, we need also like a nefarious henchman yeah. type person. A like, yeah, this guy racist does... bastard who eats yeah, people. Scott, we've Boss. established he's not, he's not racist. He knows which Mexicans are which. <laughs> Captain Love. <laughs> That's a long hold. I kept waiting for them to cut that. <laughs> Make sure you know he's evil. Uh, angry. Probably hangry. It's been a long day. Didn't have any lunch. Just watch it sleep. Rumpers. Do you think well, Ryan Reynolds the... will put aviation gin in a head in a thing? <laughs> hey, if it's going to get ratings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when they when they give up on the when he and McElhenney give up on the the football team when they go to like. I don't even know <laughs> when they do whatever their next thing is. Yeah. Um, and this is the third straight scene that basically, you know, sort of almost finishes the character arcs in a way that, okay, the third act is about to start. It's mostly action. So we need to make sure that this work is done before we start the swashbuckling again. Um, and also the extent that this film does not forget about its small character or its minor characters. Yeah. Um, I like the idea that like the big man in charge's daughter can just casually walk through town with like no yeah. escort or anything. It's a real Jasmine situation. <laughs> just does her own thing. Nobody's watching her. Well, they know that Captain and Captain Love is around. They'll put their his hand in a jar. <laughs> yeah, don't talk no one dare no one dare mess with Elena they know he's, what happens he's on lunch break if you know what I mean <laughs> yeah he had a sandwich <laughs> and, or he had an empanada he packed it this morning 
What the fuck? That mustache was fake? <laughs> Bullshit. Scott. It's real to I, me, I, damn it. That's how, that's how he confuses all the others. <laughs> that's what Harrison alone is like. I know that man. He's that other guy's brother. Don Raphael sitting there being like, listen, okay. <laughs> De La Vega has a mustache and a small goatee. This Vega. guy doesn't have a mustache and a small goatee. <laughs> it don't make any sense. You know, when you put it like that, it makes sense. <laughs> What's next? The guy with the glasses is Superman? Like that? What are you talking about? Ain't stained overalls. Clark? You think she's pretty? Yeah. <laughs> <Clark>. <laughs> How do they stay so tan? They're in the cave all the time. Dancing. A lot of cave dancing. A lot of cave dancing under the moonlight. You know what Blade, the... you know Blade would say to him during this? Be like, My brother's dead. Be like, use it. <laughs> It's a crossover that people would actually watch. See, it's a it's a uh, foreshadow preview for a- any crossover August. with Zorro. Anyone would watch. I guarantee. That's true. If, if if any, I'm sure any movie. If they made a cyborg movie and halfway through Zorro showed up, they'd be like, "This movie just got fucking better." Oh my god! <laughs> Are we talking DC cyborg or like a remake? I don't of John Van Damme. Van Damme, him, a fucking Robert Patrick, only him and not Schwarzenegger. Whatever. Like, just make a cyborg movie. And then Zorro shows up halfway through. It's like, look, I hear, I hear, I hear you got to save the future, but also these slave labor camps are a real menace. We got to get rid of those. Too. <laughs> Him and Wolverine. Oh yeah, Wolverine be there in a heartbeat. Like, let me at him. Guardians of the Galaxy with Zorro. Yeah, Drax will direct it. Drax, Drax, and, Drax and, and Zorro would have famous chemistry. He'd write like disease and with lasers. I do like that they established that they're multitasking since he did the fire thing because Zoro was busy, you know, doing yeah. the Zoro thing. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It's like Scream. I believe exactly. they call it the Zoro Thang. <laughs> I didn't necessarily get excited when because I just knew it was bullshit and it wasn't going to happen, but like the idea of like Django and Zoro in a movie, it's like, I'm into that. Sure, give me that movie. I'm cool to see it. What? But yeah, I mean, I assumed it was never actually going to happen. Yeah, I mean, comics, sure. You know, I could watch, I could read that in a heartbeat. But... After getting an hour and a half in, I think the one thing this movie's missing is like a banger from the Goo Goo Dolls. <laughs> <laughs> well, City of Angels is just around the corner at this point, right? That's coming out. There to, is that a summer movie? I always forget. What is? City of Angels. Yep. That's a summer movie, right? Mm-hmm. That's when Iris was popping the top of the charts. Yep. From Dizzy Up the Girl, which would follow up a couple months later. Okay, Resnick. Jeez. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that album. That was one of my faves. From yeah. Oh, actually, City of Angels was pre-summer. It was April 10th, 1998. April. I was, yeah, okay. That tracks. But it made money, so it was still like around in May. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, was, it would have been still there, and the song would have been still on the charts. A famously fun movie. Yeah, some say Wings of Desire is better, but uh, it doesn't have Nicolas Cage or '90s Meg Ryan, so I don't don't know if I can go there. I don't mind City. I haven't seen it since probably the '90s. No, I don't. Fine. I didn't mind it. I thought. I mean, I was surprised that it has 
an ending that it does when, especially when the original does not have that ending. <laughs> so. it, it also had an Alanis Morissette song, if you remember, too. It had a hit soundtrack, that's mm-hmm. for sure. Certainly a very 90s soundtrack, that's for sure. And it had Dennis Franz doing his Dennis Franz thing, which means taking off his pants eventually. <laughs> and it had him and Andre Brower. Andre Brower, yeah. Which I thought was really cool when I was 18. It's cool now. See Andre Brower hanging out with Nick Cage. This is true. In prime Nick Cage, when, when Nick Cage was a viable romantic lead in film. It could happen to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that rocked. Buy a lottery ticket and be like, hey, waitress, guess what? I'm kind of involved with someone right now, but let's flirt a little. Sorry, Rosie. Okay, fight one. I do think it's, it's and whatever, it's fine, but his b- first big action scene and the first two people he fights are the two main villains. Yeah. I, I mean, it, tra- no, it, it, it tracks given, it's not like there's a ton of sword fighters in this movie. So it's like, yeah, yeah you gotta, if you're going to fight somebody, fight someone that they can actually keep up. He's really I going for it. I always feel that, that Stuart Wilson's entrance here feels very video game-like. Yeah, boss around the corner. (laughs) (laughs) Don't forget about me. (laughs) Could have could have Owen Wilson from uh, the haunting walk around the corner into this and be like, oh wow. I'll go to the fireplaces. Hey, Zoro meets Shanghai Knights. I would watch the fuck out of that. Oh, yeah, that's one. Yeah, there it is. is. That's the one. Shanghai there South the border. That would fit perfectly. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Zorro. I want Costner nowhere near Zorro. Oh, that's cool. That's a Z. Or is it an M? <laughs> you say M N. M N. M N. Maybe you f- didn't finish your three? <laughs> is there more to- Are you going to spell the name or we just take it as. Zero? Zo- That's a two. big table. Zisu? One or one R or two. You didn't spell it. You just put a Z. Oh wow. Two R's. I like that I got an alternate shot just to be like, look at all the tree stuff he's doing. Right yeah. now. <laughs> that might be the most convenient spinning since the fly. <laughs> like gymnastics yeah. wise. There's a lot of gratuitous gymnastics in this film, and that's okay. Yeah. Well, that's that's part of Zorro's deal. You yeah, know, he doesn't have a grappling hook. <laughs> he does have a cape. He's kind of a drama queen. Yeah, he and Michael well, Myers would get along. Well, he's theatrical. The dude just put a giant Z in the flat just to just to make a just to make a statement. Tell me that was his dad. Zorro is Zorro is all of us, Scott. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the classic thing falls on top of him. Yeah, yeah if some guys started doing gymnastics while I was fighting them, it would throw me off. So and fair true. enough. And they're all very theatrical, right? I mean, the crows putting crow signs in the ground. Daredevil's put Daredevil, a character in that movie who wants to be pretty secret, but also is like, let me make sure to spray grease paint so I make two D's in the ground <laughs> so, to give Ben Urich a story. Course, I Batman, guess. Batman, the city's about to get nuked in like five hours. But first, <laughs> Scott. The thing you don't get about the Dark Knight Rises, he always had that there. He was just ready to light it. There, he just knew at some point he was going to have to light a bat symbol. Uh-huh. That's I'll, I'll buy that. I'll accept that. 
He just where had Bane it ready. can perfectly see it, like, and it's not right you act like it's the only one. It's the one where he knew they were, so that's the one he lit up. They're all over Gotham. I would buy that. You know, the, the city is filled with like pre lit Batman signals and Riddler trophies. Yeah, the Riddler trophies, especially. Here's the other signature scene Zoro and, uh, and Elena have their fight in the barn, which comes way into the movie. I forget how yeah. long it's. We're like, yeah, it's an hour 37 minutes of the movie. This is I... the third act kickoff. And this whole big sequence is three parts you have the sword fight against the guards, you have this sequence, and then you have a horse chase. That bit where he pops up the sword is funny. Yeah. It's a metaphor for his penis becoming erect. <laughs> Jesus. Tell me I'm wrong. Another nice wide shot. We talk about this every now and again, like great sword fights in movies, and mm -hmm. it's easy to talk about because there's ones that are obvious highlights, and then there's, you know, just not a lot otherwise. It's like, yeah, you can narrow it down eventually, but like this movie is certainly like chock full of sword fights that you can call mm -hmm. to as far as the attention to detail and the moves and the shots and the angles and what have you. There aren't many sword fights in the protege, but <laughs> that's what Green Lantern needed sword fights. Yeah, Is there not a sword fight? It would have helped. Sure. No, I don't think there's a sword fight. Hmm. Maybe I'm thinking about Rob Roy. Well, that's one of the best. I, oh, yeah. I, I call it the best in my yeah. eyes. Yeah. Like, it's just I would so say good. so. Too. Yeah. This Liam getting tired, Roth just being like a little yeah. jaguar. And it's so uh, charged because you've watched two and a half hours of Tim Roth being the worst person possible. <laughs> You're like, finally, let's get this guy down. And even then, Liam Neeson's like, God, this fucking guy, he keeps hitting me. <laughs> he just destroys him. It's, it's amazing. Like, sure, Robin Hood and one, at least one of the other Zoros before this. Like, they have great sword fights or Princess Bride, I mean, right? You know me. I love the, the Shanghai Knights, Big Ben's sword fight. That's um, one of the reasons I love that movie as much as I do. I mean, it even ends with an awesome death plunge, as all sword fights should. And Brandon, you constantly say Die Another Day is the best sword fight you've ever seen. So I know you got that. Top, going for top three. Top Bob three. Anderson did that too. He worked, he was the fencing instructor for hey, it's, a fun, it's a fun sword Wait, fight. Whoa, I thought Madonna was the fencing instructor. <laughs> <laughs> she was the fencing choreographer. No, she just she just in between take yell Sigmund Freud and just throw them all off. <laughs> I don't think Elena's plan worked to stop Zorro. <laughs> <laughs> Same year that Die Another Day comes out, uh, Catherine Zeta Jones gives her Oscar winning performance. So a little bit of trivia hmm. for the IMDb page. I do think that think. Rob Roy sword fight was the first sword fight where I was like, these dudes are tired. Yeah. Think, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a huge uh, part of it. Yeah. There's like, I mean, yeah, you can, you can look to like some like old Wushu films or what have you, but like, yes, like they, they seem exhausted in that fight. I think Michael oh. Douglas was like, I wish I was that hat. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> um, and even, you know, the Empire Strikes Back. I mean, that's, one reason that scene is as good as it is is by the end of it, Luke is just drenched in sweat. Oh yeah, just screaming. It's a good labored. He's got fight like a bruise sure. on his eye too. Like it's some really good. 
Yeah, because Darth Vader is cheating the whole time. Yeah. Vader should have put his hand he's, into He's throwing bruise. air vents at him. Yeah. <laughs> it's a rough night. <laughs> if you can, do. I, yeah, I, yeah, I get it. I watched Obi-Wan. <laughs> <laughs> now I want to see Vader with Luke's hand and like what a glass of green milk. Bear, what was your favorite what? barren desert area in Obi-Wan? They went <laughs> I was wondering why the kid in the boogeyman looks so familiar. He's like, oh, that's Princess Leia. It's like I kept like I couldn't like get it into my head who this little girl was. It's like, why should I recognize this person? It's like, oh yeah, that's little Leia. So it's a cromulent film right there. It's a, it's a very cromulent film indeed. I just remembered watching it. I forgot to write a review. Oh, whatever. Ah, trees, my my old enemy. <laughs> <laughs> Both my best friend and my enemy. He was just using one to swing around on. My frenemy. That's what it is. Like, this is still an extension of the same sequence because it's like now he's just outside. (laughs) This is such a long, like, period of time. They're really holding that guy falling. Jeez. Get that stunt. (laughs) The guy put the work in. He's like, you better keep it all. (laughs) Oh, this is fun, too, where Zoro's like, they think he's chasing it and then he's chasing them. He's going to pull up on the side of him. Between this and 13th Warrior, he had two good horse gags. I enjoy that picture. Oh, I love that movie. People seem to. I love that movie so much. I haven't I haven't seen that since when it happened, and I only discovered more recently. It's like it has a, a fandom, so oh, I'll watch it. it at some yeah. point. Big, expensive movie. Looks great. Good production design. Did not make Bo- that movie. Wolf is cool. <laughs> okay. One of these days, I will. Uh, That's a good stunt, right? Look yeah. at that. That oh, was yeah. fucking cool. That was <laughs> the trailer. Oh, yeah. That was great. Oh, man. This is great. Oh, look at all this. Look so at, you can see it's an actual horse, not like a guy in a thing. Not like a half horse that's mechanical that you're. Has anyone here actually watched Eck versus Sever Ballistic? I, I don't believe that's a movie. I believe it's I believe it's <laughs> Ballistics these... X versus Sever. I've you never are even, correct. I, I like I, I haven't even seen like the trailer in a way that shows me there's footage of a movie that exists. I, I if you told me it's an action movie, I'd be surprised because I've never oh. seen anything beyond like the poster of them holding guns. It was like considered so like I remember that movie hit like even for I mean for back then it came to DVD like fast. <laughs> they hand you the DVD when you're leaving the theater. <laughs> that one and what was the the Gandolfini Affleck Christmas one? Oh, Surviving man. Christmas. Yeah, that was like. Yeah. Well, that was like fast. shelved for like a year or whatever too, right? That was you know, like that was on the on the bench for a while. I don't know why. Well, I mean, it's a Christmas classic, classic now. <laughs> yeah. The best you... thing you can do is make a movie and like set it during Christmas or some holiday because someone's gonna be like, "Well, I go watch it every year. It's not good, but you know, it's the only." the only columbus day movie we have now. i was playing the um the box office game wordle thing where you guess like the top five but and like one of them was ballistic that's very separate now i was trying to it, it gave me the clue and for one thing i'm surprised it opened to seven million dollars like geez remember like that's weird that that's like a, a great thing nowadays if a movie opened to seven million dollars <laughs> but even that movie managed to open to seven million dollars a movie Didn't that doesn't we exist almost have it all yeah <laughs> 
But I got, well, but it, I but love it, was, it was like what 2002, and it had Lucy Liu was like she's like I got I used that clue, and it's like she's second build. It's like what 2000, what movie gave Lucy Liu an option outside of Charlie's? It oh, of course, <laughs> Ballistics X versus Sever. Yeah, <laughs> a movie that none of us have seen footage of to to prove that it's a movie is sadly not streaming or available to rent anywhere. Is it like on YouTube? Do we need to do this? Are we doing a commentary for Ballistics X versus next month? If we can find <laughs> it, just. <laughs> The story of franchise pictures is one of my favorite and like the lawsuits that followed with the German brand entertainment and uh-huh. that LA Samaha, the way he inflated budgets, oh, like, just the way he worked it. Like I love, oh, it makes me happy. Like with the battlefield earth story. Like if I Googled ballistics experts and seven right now, I'm worried my computer would freeze and we'd lose this commentary. So I don't know what to do as far as getting this movie. Um, Speaking of things on the internet, uh, internet marketing was beginning during the time of Zorro. This was uh, one of Sony's big pushes um, to really utilize that aspect of, of uh, marketing the film. Richard Roper apparently watched that movie. Okay. He's got a review on YouTube. Even but then, it feels like I remember seeing the Ebert and Roper their, show where they reviewed studio, it, but, they, but like I missed the part where they actually show anything of the movie. So I'm like, still like, does it exist? They is were like a paid, Simone situation. They were, they were paid to say things. <laughs> Doesn't really exist. There's a the, oh the the movie stunter YouTube account has a 20 second clip from it because that's probably all they made to for the sham. So it's like the title, yeah. <laughs> just text on screen. Yeah, Mario, internet marketing, uh, big for this movie. Uh, this was supposed to come out in December 97. Um, it got pushed because there was some small movie coming out involving a ship of some kind. Um, it got moved to March. Um, Campbell wanted to go up against Tomorrow Never Dies. That's what he wanted. Yeah, he wanted to prove them wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he wasn't worried about the other thing. Uh, it moved to it moved to March, but then they saw Mouse Hunt and like fuck this, we're going to summer. <laughs> they moved to March. Well, they saw Leo was facing off against himself, and like we don't want to get in the middle of that. So they moved away from Man, Man of the Iron Mask, and they uh, and also they had pickups they wanted to do. Also, uh, probably if I had to guess, probably because it was testing really well, so they probably wanted to like amplify a few things. Um, and so we moved to July, uh, where obviously it uh, made some money. Scott, you want to talk about the box office for this movie? Oh uh, yeah, it opened number one with twenty two million. You know, it was a decent number. It led down to about 96, and then it did about 234 million on a 95 budget. Um, well, 60, I'm sorry, 65 budget. It's a it's um, a weird budget because it's like yeah, it's it 65 is like the official. It depends effect. on who you ask, kind of situation. You see yeah. if box office mojo has a different number, just because I, I don't go to I've, I looked it up, it has it's all over the place. Like some places say 95, some say 65, some say 75. It's like, I don't know what the official number is, but yeah. it certainly yeah, it costs more than Bojo. It says 95 million, but it made 250. So, but yeah, it made about 250 over under. Which is that absolutely time, a hit. At that time, it's certainly, that's a good number to hit. For yeah. It's almost three times the budget. And this was back when marketing was cheaper because you weren't banking everything on opening weekend and post theatrical was more reliable. Um, this is DVD was just starting to become a thing, and it was a solid seller on in post theatrical. It didn't like blow anybody away or anything, but it was, you know, movies kept making money after theaters back then. Yeah, and this was a big rental for sure, or you know, purchase on VHS and whatever. Um, 
and even DVDs like just starting to come yeah. free too. And so. it was seeing a letterbox DVD and a like demonstration convinced me to get a DVD player. And this has always been like one of the early releases. You had a DVD yeah. pretty early on, you had a Blu-ray pretty early on, you had a deluxe Blu-ray, you had a super bit DVD uh for yeah. it too. Yeah, it did. It came onto 4K fairly quickly. And right. then it came onto 4K again. <laughs> it, can't, it can't stop selling Zorro. I mean, when you think of like Columbia, TriStar, like yeah. tentpole blockbusters, what do they have that falls into like I, franchise IP type attraction stuff? That Spider-Man. Uh, and then beyond that? The fifth element always gets released over and over yes, again. Exactly. <laughs> Stuff that plays on cable, basically. Like I'm yeah. surprised. I'm surprised SWAT isn't already on 4K. Right. I'd buy it oh, right away. Yeah. Deep Sea reunion. Yeah. Sometimes doing the right thing ain't doing the right thing. Hey, did y'all know that uh, Maggie Q is in Rush Hour Two? Mm-hmm. Cool. Who's in Rush Hour Two? Lady in Car. Oh, okay. <laughs> Big role. <laughs> I once saw her. We're still in this hallway. (laughs) (laughs) This movie takes its time when it needs to. Saw her in line for the Simpsons movie one time. She's tall. (laughs) I love that. that He he freaks out again. Like, nope, my soldiers are not going to kill her by accident this time. Yeah, he's a good villain. It's a good. I love this hallway. Good hallway. The soft lighting on her in this movie too, and the hair lighting's legit. Yeah, there's definitely a very specific lighting on her through all throughout. Heavenly. Yeah. But in a way that doesn't clash the rest of the picture. It's just not like her head being bombed by light. Awkward. <laughs> good job, Martin Campbell. Mm. <laughs> I love a good throw down the stairs. <laughs> yeah, the on location. Has there ever been an on location shoot in the desert that's gone well? Cowboys and aliens. Um, like, I feel like whatever you hear about people going out, like Kevin Costner's White Earp, Tombstone this went over budget fury road well that that was a nightmare shoot right Uh, i mean it wasn't entirely set in the desert but the first raiders was a pretty clean production that's true that was the whole point was to prove those people are going to prove that he could actually come in on time and on budget for once he didn't coppola that's nice i'm sorry like coppola just come with coming over budget yeah all the time Mm -hmm. I love this look, though. Where are we? A dinosaur story. Where are we? What's the time? Give me time code. Uh, oh. one fifty-two fifty-five. Yep. Don't worry about us. We're just uh, laying down these charges. <laughs> yep. And, and running away. You know what? Tension to the dynamite. Yeah. <laughs> right. Keep running. Run. Go. <laughs> All right. 
I was just watching this movie for a little bit. It's 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 not good for a commentary, but no, it's good movie. I'm getting good star Stargate vibes here. Just giant gigantic amounts of people building things. They should really be more cautious of people wearing hoods walking around. <laughs> the one person. <sighs> yeah, don't don't worry about us. He is a good right hand, though. Captain Love, mm-hmm. the physicality wise. No, he's he's a terrific henchman. Mm-hmm. Um, have there been good secondary? Hen- like I feel like that. Uh, maybe I'm just not. Yes, about always. It. Come on. Like in the nineties, <laughs> like the secondary henchmen, like Vaslu, and then like uh, go back to Bond, odd job, Bond. Odd job <laughs> Jaws. No, I'm thinking like recently. Knickknack, of like, course. We all love Knickknack. Like recently, <laughs> has there been good second in commands? Yes. Darth Vader. <laughs> that's the, like that, the last five, ten years. I mean, if you want to, you know, play the Star Wars sequels, depends on you counted second in command. Is it Kylo Ren uh, or Admiral uh, Hux or whatever? In the last five years, you get like your you, you, you. That's like generally like a fun, you know, random character actor role. Whether it's I don't know what's his name from Creed Two that's in Shang Chi. <laughs> oh yeah, Florian. I like him. Florian, Florian Marinsall. Uh, John Wick Chapter Four. Has John Wick's got yeah. John Wick. John Wick was loaded with them. Yeah. Marco Zarrar, yeah. Fist of the Condor. Love yeah, that movie. Him or or um, I, I guess Takaska. Is he like the yeah. main villain in Creed Three? It doesn't really matter. He's kind of the main guy in Part Three, yeah. almost by default. Two has like Common and Ruby Rose. Yeah. Like, and then one had Ber- uh, Daniel what Bernhardt. So like yeah, you're right. Yeah. 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 No, that's always like the fun, juicy role for like a not quite veteran character actor, but like a character actor. Or always someone that's... Get, yeah, the, the person always gets like killed way worse than the villain. Yeah, the main it, villain. yeah. yeah exactly. Oh, yeah. Technically, that's Henry Cavill's role in Mr. Possible Fallout. Right. Yes. Yeah. 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 Or is he like the main? But no, I guess it's Sean Harris is the main. Yeah, yeah. Technically, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's the embodiment of villainy, just because he's not trust up for most yeah. of the movie it's like but the, every the every fast movie every Rome. fast movie has one of those they have like yeah. the yeah. one big guy that diesel has to fight or one of them has to fight good windmill work <laughs> no that's not a windmill it's a holy mackerel just uh, saw yeah. yeah the water system oh no our gold Damn it. Why don't we move this days ago instead of right now? We could have had this problem solved. If only we didn't keep it in the dusty cave. God. All right. Pause. And sometimes henchmen just got to give up. <laughs> Come on, yeah. guys. Well, every now and then you get the henchman that comes over there to the other zip side. Line. Like Jaws. Yeah. Or, or Florian Mitha in Shang-Chi. Yeah. Shang-Chi. <laughs> What's his name like Razor Fist or some nonsense? Yeah, what is it? yeah Razor, 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 Razor Fist. Fist? Yeah, I think so. Razor Fist because his car's emblazoned with it. It's Razor something. It is Razor Fist. Yeah, because his car says Razor Fist. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's like oh, that's fun. <laughs> it's a small car too. It's like how's that guy fit in there? <laughs> why, why do you choose this? <laughs> I like that look. He's like he's got it under control. <laughs> <laughs> he's happy to see him 
he slightly changes uniform and everything, so he can be more like she Zorro. changed. She changed her clothes in between the rescue and the uh, whatever. Right, you're rescuing slaves. <laughs> and uh, in a you know, and whatever, who cares? But in minor nitpicks, you've got Zorro facing you know Antonio Banderas facing off against his nemesis. You have. Hopkins facing off against his nemesis, and that leaves Catherine Zeta Jones to actually do the hero shit. Yeah, rescue the slaves from the yes. dynamite that's planted all over the camps. <laughs> and the fun ah. thing is, Legend of Zorro does the same thing where he Ooh. and Zeta Jones are busy killing their rivals while the kid has to actually save the day. They they know everybody's got it under control. That's gonna suck. Oh, yeah, it, you know, it's wait, ah, did, did they go shot. mummy returns in uh Woo. Zorro 2? It kind of did, yeah. Yeah, that's a good shot. The kind of did? Yes, there's a kid all over that movie. What are you talking <laughs> about? <laughs> Zorda. Just shoot the guy. Legend of Zorro is the movie where I'm like, when did Rufus Sewell swell? <laughs> then he got... He, he, he got better. He lost the weight, yeah. Like, by the yeah. time we get to, like, Hercules, after he's played, like, a number of villains, and then we get to Hercules and he's, like, fun sidekick character... Like, oh, yeah, he looks like Rufus Sewell in Dark City again and not Rufus Sewell, Stay Puff Sewell Man and yeah. Legend of Zorro. He does really good rakish. Yeah, yes, he does. He's terrific fun in The Diplomat. Yes, he is. That's the ultimate, like, Sewell type. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, it's that's, it's that, absolutely that's his, type. That's exactly like his, his, like his, his bread and butter type of role. Which is why, and he's very good in it, and the movie's fine, but in Amazing Grace, where he's like the most noble person in the movie, he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> he dropped his sword like twice during... I mean, I, I keep waiting for him to say, never mind, I support slavery. <laughs> oh, I remember Brandon, the, he, serving he three, on the shovel was part of that That's a big trailer moment, yeah. Yeah. Brandon, he has three swords in his pockets, that's why it's oh, okay if he dropped right, them. Right. Yeah. They're collapsible. Three swords in my pocket. Pretty neat to see the uh, the master having a big fight, as well as his protege having a good fight. <laughs> good steamwork. A little Campbell touch here. While everything's happening, I'll just ruin everything around me, just like in Goldeneye. I <laughs> just make put a giant literal wrench in the situation. <laughs> I'm invincible. <laughs> He blows up the factory in the beginning, then he blows the Bip. thing blows up at the end. Oh, Bond can't oh. stop blowing up factories in Goldeneye. <laughs> <laughs> factory, but God's gonna blow it up. That's his motto. <laughs> but the the video game added more in. He's like, yeah, he's gonna blow up a ship. He's gonna blow up this, that, and the other thing. Mm-hmm. Like, they, oh man, Goldeneye blowing up every everything he could. Oh, bad move, man. Yeah, stop, stop talking. There's no escape now. <laughs> yeah. It's approaching the edge of darkness. Yeah, really awkward Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, well, they've gone, they've, gone, they've gone beyond borders with this one. Oh, no. Scott, they're in Mexico. I don't, know. I don't think they're having Thanksgiving. Do they? Oh, Mexico doesn't celebrate Thanksgiving. Do, do Why they have not? Thanksgiving? <laughs> what, what themes and ideas does Thanksgiving provide that the Mexicans wouldn't want to share? Oh. These I like how drawn out these fights are. Like there's so much like staging to them, and like the the talent with the sword is one thing, but like you get a lot of like movement around to yeah. really jumping and leaping and swinging. Yeah. It's that's what and these movies are. You know, that's what it's about, man. Cunning and mm-hmm. what have you. 
punching two guys with each fist. <laughs> we're gonna get to, we're gonna get to that bit where he does like the, did we already do it where he where he like puts the sword of the glare with the sunlight the oh glare. yeah yes. yeah yeah that was real um took three takes but they got it and i believe it was a banderas idea oh three hmm. oh. is that an m m for marietta <laughs> it's not very clever dude <laughs> you put up a signature on somebody's face <laughs> no no i mean his response Oh, well, he's, you know, he's tired. Yeah. That's a fun little <laughs> flip. <laughs> I could take the stairs or I could go down that way. Here's a D for dead. Once again, uh, these fires, guys. Oh, man, we got to put these things out. Oh, man, it's going to spread. <laughs> oh, this must have been fun to shoot on. Oh, the fuse. It's already hot outside. Let's put extra fire on top of everything. Oh, no, the fuse. <laughs> it really is Mission Impossible. They're going for it. Yeah, uh, you could have stopped it right there. No, that's ridiculous, Scott. <laughs> you have to get it at the source. Um, they waffled a little bit about whether to actually kill Banderas in the, or sorry, to kill Hopkins in this picture. They uh -huh. did shoot a version where he survived, but they, to their credit, up the one where he perished. Ah, planks. <laughs> damn it <laughs> damn the Vega didn't teach me about planking there, there wasn't any of that in the caves <laughs> this does add a lot of weight to love though I mean this is a long fight yeah he's a good fighter you drink enough head tequila I mean <laughs> uh. but he did he did he did practice getting stabbed in the torso enough <laughs> oh that is such a cool death well, yeah, Campbell even said, you know, so he cool. did want Zoro to not be a particularly bloodthirsty hero, but this is the one guy that, yes, he can stab this one. <laughs> also, what else was he going to do? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I gotta get it down from there. I do like that the deaths are tied together, though, with this stuff, because yes. this is awesome. Oh, <laughs> That's yeah. a really good way. I, for I forgot that until just this moment. So, like, this is great. Hey, they're tired and sweaty. I like it. Hard work. Yeah. Good subtitle work. Ah, ah, ah. Ah, ah, ah. Ah, ah, ah. Well, time to use that uh, whip that I've always had. <laughs> this is very golden eye. The thing lands on him. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's yeah. been stabbed. Oh, yeah. And see, if they had the gold already in the vaults, then this wouldn't have been an issue. <laughs> But no, oh. let's keep it here to the last second. Oh, he died. <laughs> oh, crap. We forgot to free the slate. Oh, wait, she's doing it. Oh, four? We could I'm never stop on four. I'm imagining a horrible alternate ending where they she's not there and they forget about the, the slaves <laughs> and then blows up. The, oh, shit. You Did you get the slaves? Them. I thought you were getting them. <laughs> it's, a, it's a MacGruber thing. I was doing thing. vengeance. I was also doing vengeance. <laughs> They all just oh, no. I was uh, doing vengeance. <laughs> I punched him and then I grabbed his sword and then I stabbed him. And then like from up above, like a cart came down and gold. Yeah, I did that. You did that? Yeah. Did that. Ain't yeah. it cool? Oh. <laughs> Ain't it cool? Oh. 
this is really have have your cake and eat it too moment as far as like yeah we slate we freed everybody but also cool explosions are cool explosions guys let's not let's not pass this up no, just splinters everywhere exactly <laughs> that's how you know the explosion was good and now we let the dust settle hmm. literally it's not a cut yeah. just, we have to actually yeah. let the dust settle <laughs> thank you Owen Wilson's walking with him. Wow. <laughs> the explosion. That was a close call, man. Yeah, I, you know, when I, I came here to Mexico, I you know, I didn't think about explosions, but great job, Zoro. That explosion was all kachow. <laughs> you really are a mass avenger. <laughs> What, uh, what, what back to good? back to time jail. <laughs> what nineties pop song would you use to like be the like soundtrack song for this? Uh, two princes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how about the one they did, which is I want to spend my whole life loving you. Was with that? uh, oh, they have yeah, them? with okay. yeah, yeah, they do with um, what's his face? Um, I didn't talk about it. yeah, James Horner score obviously. Yeah. Also, by the way, it's a good score. Um, but um, what's his face? Um, so memorable. See, so pick a new one. Uh, <laughs> um, who Mark Anthony? Mark Anthony, who they, I was like, oh, yeah, because they considered okay. him because he, yeah, they had a lot. Mark Anthony. Well, this and, is when uh, like Ricky Martin was blowing up, and like that's '98. Yeah. It's a little yeah. before, a little before, and yeah. obviously this. And I don't want to miss a thing. We're very much trying to be the next. My heart will go on. Well, that's well, I, I don't want to miss thing. Was <laughs> essentially yeah. that. It's not like yeah. that movie. That song did well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Aerosmith's first number one. But uh, Mark Anthony and Tina Arena, an Australian singer, they did the "I Want to Spend My Lifetime Loving You." That's the song that plays with the credits for this film. Which was number three on the French singles list and number four on the Dutch singles chart. So you know it made its impact. Oh yeah, we are live for the Tina Arena, where the Los Angeles Lakers will be taking on the <laughs> Phoenix Suns. Um, the the movie did end at one point on Antonio or Anthony Hopkins' death and Spielberg being a good filmmaker was like, you know what? Too sad. <laughs> we should uh, not do that. <laughs> and instead, have them get married. <laughs> like, it's like, that's a, that seems like a decent idea. Have them have a family and uh, cut to a few months later where things are not the death of this old man. Well, and it's, it's obviously it's a full circle moment. It's funny you say that because this seems like such a logical place to end the movie that it's, uh -huh. I'm surprised to hear that it was a, you know, a reshoot. Hey. Um, it takes it's a journey to make a movie yeah um i had a thought but i lost it oh yes this is one of many 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 movies to show that if you are some old veteran warrior who's been out of the game for a while do not go back for one last quest you will die <laughs> gabriel Bryan lost his life just a few months prior in the man in the iron mask very sad yeah that movie I uh, it's a, it's a hey the last act's great. It's 150 minutes. Yeah, it's a long time to get minute. to that. You skip the well, 90 minute mark and it rocks. A long time to get to that last act. Yeah. <laughs> Is Roth in that too? 
Uh, I don't believe so. He's not, right? No, he's in The Musketeer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. The, the one where they're like, what if we had a whoever the fuck played The Musketeer that played D'Artagnan? And then we have Tim Roth as another like evil guy and we incorporate, I believe, like martial arts type action yes, into our story. But only fight? for one cool scene. Yeah, just enough for a trailer. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I mean, we make it about 90 minutes. We cast Mina Savari because she's popular right now and we call it a day. That's a, that's a movie. And that's about, all they did. Are you talking about Justin Chambers? Is, is that who plays international superstar the, the Justin Chambers? Chambers? Yeah. Hashtag oh, my D'Artagnan. The uh, yeah, the Jonathan Rice Myers of two thousand and three. Hey, in this house, <laughs> we respect Chris O'Donnell. Damn it! It's all for love. We're talking. Or uh, who's D'Artagnan in Man in the Iron Mask? Is it Gabriel Byrne? No, it's not. It's who is it? It's um not Justin Chambers. Wait, is it? It might it? be D'Artagnan because they're old now. They're old. It is, right? Because it's Jeremy Irons, uh, Depardieu, and... John Malkovich. Malkovich. Okay, so it has to be Gabriel Byrne, then. Yeah. And he's like a dick in that movie, right? Because he's yeah. like, it's like, it's it's when D'Artagnan goes, he's not one of the three Musketeers anymore, in a title that always makes sense. So Justin Chambers, man, like... <laughs> yeah? Go Grey's on. Anatomy. Yeah, 358 episodes of Grey's Anatomy. See, they follow it up. Syndication give- money. They give us the end though with the Z at the end. They Whoosh. do like a bat. They do like a Batman Forever where they they do. And it works because that's cool. It dun, is cool. Dun, 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 love dun, me, dun, love dun, me. Like that would that would enshrine. Like if the Mummy did that at the end, it, like it would take it already from like beloved beloved cult classic to like the next level. If like Brendan and if Fraser, the other like, Mummy had done that, we would have gotten a fucking dark universe. If Brendan Fraser like slammed evil, a, a, an adjective we definitely use all the time, or a verb, uh, he slammed by like just throwing a mummy skull at the screen or something at the end of the Mummy, it'd be amazing. <sighs> Him and Benny come out and just do something. That's how the Marvel should end. The Marvel should end with them throwing like a giant M or something at the screen and be like, yeah, we did it. Or what's the so, next? Is that the, that's the next Marvel movie, right? Yes, yeah, November. Okay. And I think it looks fine. Yeah, you put Beastie Boys in a trailer. Like I said, it's going to be a good... <laughs> that's, 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 that sells me pretty swiftly. Um, so yeah, Mask of Zero still kicks ass. Yeah. Yeah. I like this Windows 98 fire wallpaper they're using for the, uh, <laughs> the credit sequence here. Love from me. <laughs> a drug Look at Mari, Mari Chang in fifth billing as, as prison guard. Good for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like one scene, he's fifth build. Take that, Hispanic actors. Jeez. Mari Chang is in the house. <laughs> Way to go. Even Wikipedia has a leg like eighth. <laughs> Agent got it done. Yeah. Here we go. Boy crying, woman crying, Undertaker. Squad leader. I always like the in order of appearance credits. Those are fun. Because it's like seven names down. You're like, oh, Anthony Hopkins is in this movie. And LQ Jones as three fingered check. There it is. What's LQ? Let's see what this is. Okay. So L- ludicrous Q tip Jones. You, you're never gonna guess what this is. <laughs> it's Justice J-U-S-T-U-S. That's his first name. Ellis McQueen Jr. That is his real name. Mm-hmm. LQ Jones. Justice Ellis McQueen Jr. 
just us. And he's from Texas. Okay. He's still alive. No, he's not. He died last year, 94. Long life. He did all the old classics, Cheyenne, Rawhide, Gunsmoke, Wagon Train. No fingers left. No fingers left. Did he actually have three fingers in real life? (laughs) Uh, Not that I can tell. Then how did he get that role? Why did they why didn't they cast someone who actually only had three fingers? <laughs> it's a it's a ch- it's, he, it's it's, it's tough to know? get you got it's all about who you know, Brandon. Does, does he, he lied the, to the casting agents? Yeah, does he have the depth and personal experience to be able to do the role properly? <sighs> he doesn't even lose them in the movie to be like, okay, I get it. He already lost them. One of his last movies, yeah. too. He's just stopped acting after 2006. They found it. The jig was up. They knew he had five fingers <laughs> on each hand. I think I saw an E Entertainment Night. Like e As we go past the credits for prosthetic here. props, head in hand. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, the Bermans. They got the Berman. They uh, <laughs> got divorced after this, actually. There's some issues there with the head in the jar Ooh, pyrotechnicians they were busy yeah they were only two of them too that's they just started a fire and walked away you know no one took care of them i'm the fuse guy no you're the <laughs> gasoline guy <laughs> we'll do it at the same time dude you, you you did gas on chain reaction no i get to do gas on this one Pud- oh the but cusack the forgotten cusack kid <laughs> I wonder if he has cameos in the other ones. <laughs> as you said, this movie was a hit. Good reviews as well. A minus cinema score. Mm. It got nominated for sound and sound editing. Didn't win. This was but back when, you know, again, a movie could make money after theater. Theaters, Sony sold the TV rights to CBS for $30 million. Yeah. I remember that was like news, like Lost, looked like Lost World, like the biggest one for a I while. believe so. I assume like, I don't know, Spider-Man or something probably won a lot of money when it came out. And it used to be a big deal when the movies made their network television premiere. Yeah. You know, yeah. we watched mm-hmm. even though we'd seen them a hundred thousand times. Tonight on the CBS Sunday night movie. I Antonio want to Banderas and Catherine Zeta-Jones. Star Zorro, a man with a sword and a mask. Sold. <laughs> <laughs> I want to watch the Count of Monte Cristo again now. So I watched that. Re- I watched that recently. I hadn't seen it in a. L- I hadn't seen it since it came out, and it has a, a high following. Like, Would you say that movie, The Musketeer, and like that, or like Zorro exploitation? Like they came because Zorro did well. Yes. More or less, yeah, yeah. Count of Monte Cristo for sure. Uh, I mean, mean, between that that and Zorro train, they're not making a sequel yet, so let's hurry up and get on it. I'd also argue to finish that point off. By the way, Count of Monte Cristo, yes, it it holds up well. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, something like the Musketeer. I think it was a matter of partially because the Three Musketeers was a hit for Disney back in '93. Um, I mean, sure, but like that's a long time ago. At that point, you're like, oh, we should we should really cash into that. That Dumas money that we've been holding out on. Didn't know Zorro produced the film himself. Zorro yeah, he was there every day on set. 
Campbell actually got bronchitis during filming. And so he uh, he needed to be away for a bit. And Spielberg had like his producers come down and be like, hey, we're going to watch the set for a while. So for like second Ka- unit. Kathy come down. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, what's going on here? Oh, cool. Fire. Wow. Ooh, Owen Wilson. Oh. Iron Mask was successful, wasn't it? Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it wasn't a blowout because it wasn't a cheap film, but yeah. And it was, you know, as you know, it's very funny that in the you know, early 98, that was like the only film that got close to dethroning t- Titanic for they a while. Tie, didn't yeah. they tie? Or yeah, they something? tied. Yeah. Tie, but Titanic still edged it out because it didn't have William Hurt being exactly. Bored. It didn't have William Hurt being given the most boring William Hurt performance possible to to beat Titanic at the box office. That that's what was, that was the reason. <laughs> Let alone all that the, that that Matt LeBlanc movie money that always comes through. So, baseball with a monkey lost in space. Uh, but different commentary though. We However, doing. Man in the Iron Mask actually made a lot more money worldwide. Did 181 global versus 136 for Lost in Space. The, the Dumas money, I'm telling you guys. Yeah. Like, get it in there. All right. Well, we've talked all about the Mask of Zorro. The movie has concluded, and that's going to bring us to the end of this commentary track. Uh, next month for July, uh, we're going to be talking The Dark Knight, a movie that I feel like a few people have opinions on. So we'll be all about that when we get there. But that Batman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. the, the Batman. Um, <sighs> but that'll come when it comes for the time being. We're, we're Have you seen The Dark Knight yet? I've I've watched it bits and pieces on TNT. Yeah. Um, so someday I'll get through the whole thing. It's I hear a long movie. I hear there's a scary guy in there. He goes to Shanghai. Um, yeah. But uh, with that said, we're going to be able to find more of you guys online. Mark Hoffmeyer, we're going to be able to find more of you. Twitter, Facebook. I got the podcast. Check those out. I got stuff with film theory and fandom. Got a couple things in the works. I'm around. Okay, very good. Uh, Scott Mendelson. I'm at therap.com. I'm on Twitter still at, at Scott Mendelson. Brandon Peters. Uh, at Brandon4KUHD on the socials. And uh, podcast is the Brandon Peters Show, which is the BrandonPetersShow.com. Anywhere podcasts are found. Summer of 93 at 30 is ongoing. It's awesome. And, uh, Two of the three other people on here are on that all summer long. It's so much fun. And if you are in the like Louisville area, I will be at Louisville PopCon. Um, there, come say hi or something like that. If don't stalk or whatever, or why am I inviting that then? But no, I'll be there uh, running the. I'll if be... you heard this podcast and you hear Brandon talk yeah. about the Louisville PopCon, you, you walk Louisville. up to it. Whopped Louisville Popcorn. You walk up to him. You make a little Z with your hands. There we go. The Z. Yeah. Give him the give him the code. I will be <laughs> I will be emceeing and moderating the live podcast stage there all weekend long and doing live shows. You are listening own. to this podcast. You are the resistance. And and Brandon, next month for the Dark Knight, I want to hear about all the people that walked up to you and gave you the little Z, little Z hands. It will. We will. We will discuss all zero of them when it happens. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find everything I do at the codezeek.com. That's my personal blog for all the stuff that I write up. Um, I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. And yes, of course, I'm a part of the summer of 93 at 30, which is a wonderful show that everyone should be listening to. Um, this podcast Honestly. is everywhere. This podcast you can find <laughs> is everywhere you can find podcasts. It's on all the social and everything, you know, where you can find us. Uh, thank you, Brandon, Scott, and Mark, for joining me for this Mask of Zorro commentary. All right. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. This is lovely. For right. sure. Gracias. And- Donata, and we will be back next month to see uh, why some of us are so serious. But until then, until next time, so long and goodbye. 
Things are worse than ever. Adios. I'm going to go watch your protege.